What's up, fam? Welcome back to That's the Angle. In this episode, I'm joined with Sean Cooper. Sean Cooper is a super talented event and concert photographer here in Washington, D.C. He's been doing really big things, so you're really going to love his stories and just everything we get into really got the vibes going. But guys, heads up. This is um, about two months ago, aka at the beginning of the whole COVID thing. So that's where our perspectives are at before that. So it might be interesting to see if we are right, if we are wrong, or if we just sound stupid about some of those (laughs) ideas. But anyways, guys, I got some big news. And it is that I just launched a Patreon for That's the Angle. Yes, that means you can donate money to me on a monthly basis and help pay my bills and keep a roof over my head so I can make more content and spend more time making podcasts and YouTube videos and all that stuff. Cause to be honest, guys, I really enjoy it. And it's kind of like a job in itself. So yeah, but you know what? If there's one thing I've noticed about this whole Corona thing is the value of entertainment and I'm in that category. So I love your support <laughs> or just leave a rating on this co- on this podcast. That'd be really dope too. All right, guys, uh, enjoy this episode. Peace. Yeah. Oh, that's a good headphone mix. That sounds good to me. Yeah, this sounds good. Oh, you got a good uh, broadcast voice, Sam. You got some bass in that voice. For real? <laughs> oh, also, the closer the closer you get to a mic, the deeper your voice will get. Word. Yeah. So if you're like talking right here, it's like yeah. But if, when you get up in here, it's like yeah. It's Damn. Yeah. It's almost like you whispering in somebody's ear. Hey, little girl, let me whisper you. Let me tell you a little something that I like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to That's the Angle. I'm sitting down here with Sean Cooper. Hey, what's happening, man? That's good, man. Nothing much, man. How you been doing? I'm doing great. Uh, virus-free and happy to be making content because I feel like I've just been in my room for a week and it's been just desperate times. Yeah, man. Same. Yeah? Same. I've just been brainstorming the last couple of weeks. Yeah, how's that? How's this whole COVID thing treating you? Let's just go ahead and talk about this elephant on in the room, right? Man, um, it hasn't really been hitting me as hard, man. I honestly think I may have already had it back in like December, because they I heard like this crazy rumor that like I mean it was going around like late last year. Yeah, and I caught the flu for the first time in my life, and I thought I was dying. Was it was it hurting your lungs too? Yes, I was. I thought I was dying, bro. Damn. Like I was. I was on my ass the whole week. <laughs> like I really thought I was dying. I was like, "Look, I'm gonna get these two, these last two shoots in, then I'm going to the hospital." Wow. And I did that, and they said that I had the flu. But my homie, she went through the same thing, and she went to her doctor. And he was like, "Yeah, you definitely had the corona when you came a while oh, back." Oh wow. And I was just like, wow. So I might have had it too. Yeah. But, that's an interesting thing about the amount of people that probably had it who just, it was just misdiagnosed or we yeah. just had no idea. Because we didn't know what it was back then. Yeah. Like, it wasn't as like, as big of a deal, you know? And I mean, it sucks that it's coming the way how it is coming. But I mean, Corona kind of came through like Debo, like snatching <laughs> everybody's chains. Like, it, Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're like, ah, who's Debo? You never seen him before. You're like, you don't take him seriously. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Debo shows up at your front door and you're like, oh shit. That's Cross-eyed, De- you know, all types of shit. <laughs> like, like, he's that's like, Debo. Yeah, like Debo was swole as hell. Like, what the heck am I going to do? Scary, bro. Bully on the block. Dude, right? Bully in the world. Right, right. Not for real, bro. Has this been affecting you, like your photography career at all? Um, It has, though, before more like positive, though. Mm -hmm. Like uh, situations like this, I try to um, I try to focus on what I could do better. You know, Mm. Um, so mainly what I've been focusing on is existing outside of photo shoots. So. Mm. 
Like I came out with my own merch, and I'm gonna start selling my merch online. Like here's that, that's one right hoodie. there. Yeah, it's my hoodie. Yeah, I'm gonna start selling my own merch online. That's sick. Is does all the merch say Nikon on it too? Yeah. So actually, this is just, just the first wave. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a cannon shooter, bro. <laughs> just the first wave. After that, then yeah. you know, this is how you know you got the first batch if you got Nikon on it. So uh, this was actually kind of a mistake. So oh, but that's your signature yellow camera. Yeah, that's though. my signature yellow camera. I shoot Nikon, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, somebody. I think he's trying to give you the wipes. What are the wipes for? What what am I gonna wipe my ass mid mid? What am I? What am I? What am I? Oh, for him because he said he had. You you want one of these? Oh my god! <laughs> wow, hey, 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 look, I'll do it. I'll do we it. We got okay. we gotta have Here proof go. that we're both better better here. safe than sorry, right? Yeah, right. Here, you let know, me like hit this. We've too. been around. All, I've been all around today, man. I've been running a little bit of errands today, oh. trying to like go grocery shopping. Oh shit! Then definitely let me just. Like, yeah, let me go ahead and take care of that, man. That's wild, man. There's a trash oh, camera behind you. Me. Okay, but yeah, yeah, just throw it in there. Yeah, but um, but yeah, man, like I just been trying to focus on like making money on photography outside of just photo shoots because when things like this happen, you know, how would I be able to sustain myself? Like, that's a good question, you know? man. So I've been focusing more on releasing prints, like starting my own scholarships, uh, mm-hmm. working with community creators and the founder of community creatives. So we've been trying to figure out how to roll out content to help people feel, I guess, more at ease and to show that it is a sense of like community, you know, while all this is going on, because this is affecting everybody. Dude, it's affecting the world. Yeah, like, like it's world. nuts. I don't think there's ever been a time when everyone had was I had like a united cause against something yeah. like in, in a way that's yeah. kind of cool it is it kind of is but i mean it's fucked up that yeah you know stuff like that has to happen for all of us to come together but you know i've noticed though that a lot of people have felt like a lot lonelier mm-hmm. but i mean i feel as though that i don't know we should all just come together like i said like we're all going through this you know we might as well just go through it together i mean i love the way how the internet has been doing it like you know people have been kind of staying in touch with each other on like twitter instagram yeah. facebook you know checking in on people phone calls making sure everybody's straight so i love that but man with me man i just been really locked in on like sabbatical like skillshare they did two months for free and mm-hmm. i signed up for it so i've been on skillshare oh that's interesting me. they just gave it out because of the whole everything going on i don't think so i think it was a promotion uh, i don't think it had anything to do with coronavirus it's interesting you bring up a really good point and it's like it's weird because something like this it's not a recession or anything where you can't predict but it's a real wake-up call for people like us photographers yeah. who are like something like this happens and we're we're our asses out and yeah. and it makes you realize like what other streams of revenue and income how else am i operating as a business that i can have multiple streams of income so i am not worried in the future yeah not definitely man you know just you know things that won't compromise your creativity exactly you know because i mean you can always get a job but i mean i wouldn't be able to do that you mm-hmm. know because i i don't know i just wouldn't I tried the whole job thing, man. It just wasn't for me. Like, like a just, nine to five job? Yeah, like a nine to five. Like I was a photographer. My first and my last job, I was a photographer at um Six Flags. No shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> and um I realized how much money I was making them on the last day because um so my last day I resigned because uh, I was about to have an asthma attack a few weeks prior to that. And they wasn't trying to let me go home. They was like, You can't go home until you have your asthma attack. Whoa. I was like, Yeah, y'all got me fucked up. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts, bro. Like they I don't think they really cared about me, but um but yeah, man, you know, being though that I was like a real photographer back then, man, I was I bought I got bought on the job because I wanted to learn more and I wasn't learning anymore on my last day. 
I sold the most prints I ever sold. And I sold <laughs> like maybe I sold like maybe 30 of them in a two hour shift. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. And um, what does a photographer at Six Flags do? But I think photography, I think of like the stupid faces when you're going down the rides. So we we used to hang out at the beginning of the park. Were you the dude hitting the button at the right time? Ching. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't have the patience to be honest. Okay. I would be very upset if somebody did that to me. But um, but yeah, man, they used to just have me at the beginning of the park and just taking pictures of people as they walked in mm. with the characters, you know. And uh, I love the fact though that I worked there because it taught me how to talk to people. Interesting. Because I had really bad anxiety growing up. Like I didn't know how to talk to people because I never really had to talk to people. Because I, I grew up in a small town. I grew up in Clinton. Clinton, uh, Clinton, Maryland. It's pretty much a small town. You don't really have to talk to anybody to get by. That's true. Maryland's one of those places where it seems like it would be very populated, but there's parts like Clinton where it gets real suburban and real. Yeah, it's like people only stop by like if somebody stops in Clinton, they're stopping for a reason. <laughs> you know, there aren't really any hotels in Clinton. Like people, it's like a commuter town. Like people drive through it going to work. A lot of horse farms in, in Maryland. Yeah, they got BK Miller. It's like a, a local farm too. I love BK Miller. Never heard of some, that. Yeah, they got some really good ice cream. Back when I used to eat milk, oh. I used to have a uh, really good ice cream. And man, they're really known for their donuts too. Man, their donuts. Is it like man. a superstore? BK Miller's? Is it like a Walmart or something? Nah, no. It's like a it's a local farm. Oh, it's like it's a, a farm local farm. farm, and that's why I like going there too because it's local. I See, get to put money back. That's real and, community stuff right there. I yeah, like that, bro. Yeah, I loved it, bro. I used to do hay rides around like uh, around Halloween, and mm-hmm. you know my folks used to take me there, and we used to go on hay rides. Like it was it was super dope. Yeah. But but you're from there, and your first job was at Six Flags. Yeah, my first job was at Six Flags. That's so, crazy. Yeah, man, I kind of had to do it. Like, it's uh, so cool that you got in, you got into the photography so young too. Yeah, you know, like it's like you found the thing at such a young age. It's 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 been interesting. I like that. It's surprising. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's like photography was like really the only thing I was kind of good at. So like I you did. knew it back then. Yeah, man, I've been studying, man. I've been studying since I was in like the fifth grade. Really. Yeah, I used to be really big into like the hip hop blog era. Mm. So I would be on Tumblr and I would be listening to these um you know, you, you know how you go on Tumblr and you look at the different posts like I was really like I really loved uh, Jonathan Mannion shots of DMX and like Suquan with like Method Man and Red Man, like that whole like Shimoto, Jonathan Mannion, Suquan era. Bro, like I was just like amazed by it because I was already into hip hop. I actually wanted to be a rapper before I was a photographer, but I just didn't know how to rap. Mm. So just FYI, I don't act like he's here. <laughs> yeah, I just keep. Looking I see him. you keep looking at him because you're facing him, and he's probably looking at you too. But yeah. act like he's not here, <laughs> even if he tries to say something. <laughs> Love you, Amir. <laughs> this is a mere spot, so okay. it's like it's like damn invisible man. <laughs> yeah, right. Shout out to Ralph Ellison. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting, but you're talking about like the golden days of Tumblr, back when like yeah. Ian Connor was popping up on there, when like the Virgil stuff was on there, when when it was like a legit place to Bro, blog. It was a nice place before, I think Yahoo might have bought them. Good place for photography too. Yeah, man, that's why I started, man. I was heavily influenced by the sneaker culture because I used to collect sneakers as well. The Dunks or the Jays back then? Jays. I had a few Dunks. I had the Wind Pigs Fly. That was like my favorite, my favorite pair of SBs. Nice. So I had them joints, man. I'm mad because my grandmother one day, man, I left them out and she threw them shits away. What? She threw them away. She was like, yeah, you got your shit all over the The place. resale for those dunks right now would be ridiculous. I know. And it was barely worn, bro. I only worn like two or three times in a matter of four years. <sighs> Jesus. Like, you would have paid rent this month without with those kicks. Bro, I was so tight. She threw them away and she threw my flu game, my OG flu game 12s that came out, I think, in 96. Uh-huh. 
I was so upset. I was so tight. But I mean, that's grandma. Grandma did a lot of praying for me back in the day. So Grandmas are allowed to be... do savage stuff, though. Gr- yeah. Grandmas just do savage stuff for no reason. You're just like, I still love you. It's okay. Yeah. Like, you can't even get mad at them. You're just like, they're like the base of the family. Like, if it wasn't for them, you would definitely not be there. <laughs> yeah, right? That's kind of weird to think about. <laughs> yeah. It's like if your mom did it, you're like, God damn it, mom. But when your granny does it, like, ah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. They'd probably be at like the dinners, like the family dinners. Like, I started all this. Like,. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for me fu- no, <laughs> but that's what that's, that's interesting though that's pretty cool that tumblr was like the antithesis for you even being like interested in photography yeah man you know i started out i was like in the fifth grade my mom we used to go to the pawn shop a lot mm-hmm. and my mom one day man i was like man i want a camera she bought me a point and shoot she bought me like a little nikon cool pics mm-hmm. i worked with that for a while and i was like yeah this isn't giving me the pictures that i see on tumblr and I did a little bit more research. I was like, all right, so I need an SLR, a DSLR. You know, for those that don't know, an SLR is not digital and a DSLR is a digital. Mm-hmm. And SLR stands for single lens reflex. So, so yeah, man. So I ended up getting the cool pics and then I didn't like it. I, I played with it for a while. You know, I shot like a few of my friends with them. And then um, I went to film. I got like a Minolta from um, from my sister's father. Interesting. His name's Jay. He's a he's an older guy. He recently passed too. You know, rest in peace, Jay. But um, he gave me his Minolta, and he was just like, "Yeah, I heard you in the photos, and you need a, a SLR, man. I got one for you." So wow. I shot with it, man. I just shot family and friends on it, and the pictures came out pretty good. And like, I went viral one time when I took a picture of my Bordeaux Sevens, on, uh, and I put them on Tumblr. I went viral. Yeah, Tumblr was, was just, such a good spot for that, dude. man. Yo, Tumblr was such a really like Tum- it was such a good. Community. Tumblr was launching careers back then. Like all the cool kids now, the ASAP gang, all those cool kids, Ass Pizza, all those people, like. Yeah. They all came from Tumblr. No one realizes it. No, facts. No, that's big facts, though. Like, <laughs> when you see, like, how it happened, like, yeah. it's just crazy. Like, it's nuts how, like, I don't know. You don't know how wild something can get. Like, even, like, hearing Cardi back then, like, Playboy Cardi, like, it's like, bro, like, it's kind of like yeah, you knew. That wave. Yeah, you knew. You knew he was going to be a somebody. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Like, even Key, like, listening to Key back then, like, with 2-9 forever, like, I was just like, damn, like, these guys want to be big, like, Childish Major, like, Key, like, all of them, man, they blew the fuck up, and mm-hmm. he came from, I first time I saw him was on Tumblr, and, like, rap blogs, like, Two Dope Boys, it was... Yeah, Tumblr was the spot, fashion, photography, art, clothes, like, it was just... It was like the best version of Instagram, and then Instagram came out and just completely shit on Tumblr. But like, yeah. it, it was good while it lasted. I think the reason why Instagram was able to do it so quickly because it was so accessible because it was mm, on your phone. That's true. So your phone and like it was only on your phone. Yeah, and you could access. It was like the ease of access was so nice. Yeah, like with Tumblr, man, you had to if you wanted good, like if you wanted to go on a good Tumblr, you had to be on a computer, like a desktop. Mm-hmm. I mean, the phone Tumblr was cool. It was meant for desktop. Like, Tumblr was, like, the yeah. best on desktop because it was it's just a like, website builder. Yeah. It's like Squarespace. Like, I coded. I coded off of Tumblr. Like, Tumblr taught me how to code. Like, I was in that joint editing HTML codes. Damn. Like, I was, like, probably 10 or 12 years, like, 10 or 11 years old editing HTML codes. Like, I, I, mean, was, I, was, I was doing that on MySpace. I think you came on, like, right after MySpace left. I was on MySpace, too. Oh, you were? Yeah. Okay. I snuck on it. I used my sister's Gmail. Oh, I feel like you're, like, young, a lot younger than me. Not not by yeah. much. Maybe, like, six years or something. You're, like, 22, 23, right? Yeah. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 29. Oh, you got me about like seven years. That's why I thought you missed the MySpace age. Cause I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I think no, nah, we was on Bebo too, man. I okay. was trapping. I was trapping. I was a youngin'. Cause I mean, my second, the second you youngest, in. yeah, the second youngest in my family was nine years apart from me. Oh wow, I was a miracle baby, basically. Oh. 
And um, yeah, so I mean, I just kind of did what she did because I thought she was cool as fuck. So that's why you were plugged in. Yeah, man. And like, I mean, with the music, though, man, I was just I don't know, man, what music I got put on through like MTV jams and just watching like VH1 Soul. And Mm. my first rap album I ever bought was the Marshall Mathers LP. I bought that in like the second grade, the clean version. And I had to go back and I had to I think I took my cousin with me because he was like 18 at the time and he bought um, he bought the dirty version for me. That's so funny. <laughs> Thinking about the time when people were so obsessed with worrying about this, the parental advisory on your CDs. Right. And it was all because of Eminem too. Bro, they he was would like not the, sell me, bro. They would not They sell were me strict anymore. on that. They would not. They didn't even want to give me the clean version. Really? Yeah, they was like, bro, why are you listening to this? <laughs> and the thing is, it got bad though, man, because, I mean, in elementary school, I told you I wanted to rap. I used to recite Eminem's like lyrics mm-hmm. and like class and make it seem like they were my bars and then like my teachers would know what I was rapping but my peers didn't and like I almost got suspended once off of rapping the, the like the lines from Criminal wow like the last the last verse which is a pretty wild verse if you know how's that it go? verse it's like if I ever gave a fuck I shave my nuts tuck my dick in between my legs and cluck you motherfucking chickens ain't brave enough to say the shit that I say, so just tape it shut. Shit, half of the shit I say, I just make it up to make you mad and I kiss my white naked ass. And if it's not a rapper that I make it as, I'm gonna be a fucking rapist in a Jason mask and it's a gunshot and he says, he screams criminal. Damn, that was so hard. It's wild, bro. I suspended your ass on the spot. <laughs> Go it's home, wild. Sean. Yeah, it's wild, man, because like... My teachers would hear me saying that shit and they'd be like, bro, like, what are you, like, why are you listening to that? And then let me give you this PS74, like, let me write you up because, like, what the fuck? They're like, they're like, this kid's going nowhere. They're like, he's listening yeah. to Eminem and singing at school. Yeah, they're man. like, oh, man. I was watching Adult Swim at that age, too, bro. Dude, Adult Swim was crazy back bro, then, too, man. Adult Swim, those were the golden. The, the late night programming back then was so crazy. Bro, it was amazing, bro. That's how I got introduced to uh, anime. Yeah. I love anime, man. I anime. noticed you love anime. You got the Hero Academia profile yeah. photo. Deku, yeah. Yeah, you got the Deku one. Is he your favorite one out of that one? Nah, I think my favorite one might be Lemillion. Lemillion? Yeah. Oh, what, was he? what was he? Lemillion's a fire guy? Nah, Lemillion is the guy that like could disappear. Like He can kind of like vanish in between objects. Oh. Did you make it that far? Because yeah, oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. No, they, they went to fight him and no one could beat him up. Like he was like invincible or something. I remember. Basically, that. yeah, and I it's like people million. would try to like put hands on him, but he would like disperse his like cells in his body, and like the shits would like move apart, and they would just put their hands through him. Yeah, no, I remember when I was they like they broke down his power. Yeah, and I it, it still didn't make sense to me. I was like, yeah. what? I was like, that's how the thing able- is though. I admire him so much because of his work ethic. Really, his work. He has a crazy amount of work ethic. Because, like, his power basically is, like, kind of known as, I think, like, a handicap. Because he could easily, like, put his hand through a wall and then, like, solidify his hand at the wrong point and, like, probably lose his whole arm. Oh. Like, he can, like, probably lose his arm in a wall or something. Like, he has to be very meticulous. And, like, for him to be moving that quick and to be able to, like, calculate what parts of his body or, like, the cells he needs to disperse was, like, nuts. See, that was part of the breakdown that I was probably just, like, way too baked for. And I was just like, oh, fuck, I missed it. Because, <laughs> like, I love rewatching anime because you realize how much you missed. Yeah. Especially little backstories like that. Like, I recently started watching Hunter x Hunter again, the, the good series, yeah. the good 2011 series. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, I missed, I don't even remember this stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, Lemillion, yeah. I remember I got the blonde guy with the little quaff in his hair. Yeah, that's my guy, yo. Dang. Shouts out to Lemillion, yo. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like people sleep on the values and lessons you get out of anime. Bro. Like, there's so much inspirational good messages. 
Yeah, no one talks about this. Everyone just goes straight <laughs> to like the dweeby weeby shit. But like the inspirational ideas and like the philosophies that you're exposed Bro. to from anime, no one talks about. But there's Bro. some serious like stuff where you know you hear these stories or these backstories or even just these morals or way of living, and you're just it's something that you wouldn't get from American cartoons at all. I tell people, man, like. I don't know. That was the smartest shit I think that like uh, Westerners like could have done. Like, just kind of bringing that philosophy over through anime. Mm. Like, when I was younger, bro, I was I was watching Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, and like I just felt like I was them because I had so much in common with them, man. And as I grew older, bro, it's like my work ethic began began to like match Goku's, and that's why my learning curve was so nuts. Yeah. Like when I was younger, like man, when I dropped out of college, man, I was like, "Fuck, I need to work. If I'm not working, I need to be sleeping." Ari, oh. <laughs> <Sorry>, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I man. see. No, and you're right because that's a very common thread for a lot of lead characters in animes is that their insane work ethic. It's like normally they have a shortcoming, but they yeah. work it out by being such a good worker. Yeah, even like just their core values, bro. Mm-hmm. Like. Bro, Naruto honestly could have ended the whole Konoha village because he had a demon inside of him that he couldn't control. But it's like he ended up becoming a Hokage and leading the people and like sacrificing, damn near sacrificing his life to save the whole village. You know, and he ended up saving the whole village. Like, bro, shit like that is just amazing. Like, I feel like children nowadays need to be watching that. Yeah, I feel like th- there's really good messages yeah embedded in there just subtly but even not even subtly like yeah one of my favorite ones that comes to my mind about that is like the uh legend of the shield hero i don't yeah. know if you saw that one i haven't i haven't seen oh that. my god same thing well he gets like spawned into this world with a shield and in every video game the shield character is always the shittiest person yeah but yeah. he makes it tight because he's, <laughs> he just has like that work ethic and like that indomitable will where he's just like i'm not gonna give up i'm not gonna do anything and he becomes the baddest motherfucker ever yeah waiting for the new season so I gotta check it out, bro. You gotta. I feel check like it out, though, bro. man, that's a big component of success, though, man. What it's is? just like that work ethic, man. That mm-hmm. work ethic and that confidence, you know. Like, I mean, we all start kind of from nothing, you know, and you breathe. You you get that through like the shit you go through in life. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I could have let you know my mother like passing in my arms. I could have let that been like the end of me, but it's like fuck that. Like, if I get through that, I can get through anything in life. That happened. Yeah, it happened. Yeah, Christmas, Christmas, two thousand twelve. You mind talking about it? Yeah, I mean, I don't mind, man. You know, um, basically, my mother had went into cardiac arrest um, Christmas of 2012 through walking pneumonia. And, um, yeah, like, my, I was, I think I was taking a nap between my, my grandmother and my mother on the bed. And um, she started shaking me. She was like, Tanya's not breathing. And I was just like, oh, shit. Like, is this real? And, like, my sister was like, you know what? You got to put her on the floor so I can do CPR on her. So I had to, like, kind of, like, drag her out of the bed. You know, and I had to like uh, let my sister do CPR on her. But by the time the ambulances came to resuscitate her, she basically didn't have enough oxygen go to her brain. Like it was after seven minutes, so her brain began to die. So she was in a vegetative state for six months from Christmas of 2012 to June 5th of 2013. And I mean, through those months, man, I had to grow up like crazy because I was kind of like a spoiled brat. You know, like a lot of people, man, was doing a lot of things for me. Like my sister, she would clean my room for me, wash my dishes. Like, you know, I love my sister Allison to death, man. She really took care of me, you know, in my younger years. But like to the point where I was kind of like handicapped. Like if I was to go into the world like that, I don't think I would have been able to make it. Do you think in a way that 
that was like a necessary wake up call. That yeah, it was. Kind of, it was. It was very necessary, you know. And like situations like that, I try to always look at the positive. You know, I studied stoicism when I was in uh, when I was in like the tenth grade. Used to read a lot of Seneca and like I read like a lot of philosophy too, like mm-hmm. Marcus Aurelius. It's a really big thing right now with stoicism. Yeah, you know, I feel like that's very important. But I mean, to the like naked eye though, like I mean, if you're stoic, sometimes people look at you as being like desensitized. Mm-hmm. So like in my mother's like funeral, I didn't cry because I was just happy about the fact that she didn't have to suffer no more. But people was looking at me crazy because I wasn't crying. What exactly is stoicism? I don't even know exactly what it is, man. I think it's being able to deal with anything that life throws you. Yeah, I know. I know it's like a philosophy on the way of life, and some of the teachings. And Marcus Aurelius is the the father of it all. He kind of wrote the book about it, but it's like how to handle situations in life, something like that, right? Yeah, it's like being able to handle everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just it's kind of like I mean, I feel like it's just like that one principle. Like shit can always be worse. You know, be grateful. And thank you for sharing that story, man. I mean, RIP yeah. to your mom, dude, seriously. Yeah. But, I mean, I find that through these interviews, there's always a moment in someone's life that changes them for the rest of their life. And you had the, I would say, fortune of having it happen so young yeah. because you are so young yourself, but doing, like, stuff that is epic, that's super epic. Like, you're... Like you have the anime backstory in, in a funny way. Yeah, that's you kind of that's do. How I look at it. Like yeah, you have the anime backstory, and it it happened at the most impressionable age, where it's like what you become that is going to define like you after that is what are your moves after that? Are you going to rise to the occasion? Let this like empower you like an anime character would, yeah. or are you going to take like the depressed route? And it's like luckily you didn't go the depressed. I route. mean, I did go the depressed route. Okay, I had I was suffering depression. I was suffering from suicidal thoughts, but I also had to get this bag too. Like, yeah. You know, I still had to make money. Like, I still had to make a career out of myself, like, before I off myself. Back, that's how I was thinking back then. Like, I was writing an autobiography in the 11th grade, and I planned on, like, committing suicide when I had finished writing it, you know? But luckily, I had some good people around me to, like, talk to me and, like, talk me out of it, you know? And I just feel like mental mental health, you know, mental health is, like, very important as an artist. Because, I mean, a lot of artists, yeah. they think that, man, you can just heal yourself through the art and i mean that's kind of like not that's not how it goes i mean it's cool if you can make good art off of it but like bro like you need to get help like it's a sickness you really need community and friends like those are the two things that will make your art better like people think that sadness and depression can make your art better and it can for some people but the beauty of what comes out of happiness yeah i think is just happiness and positivity is just tenfold no definitely man definitely man i mean i feel like the shortcomings, though, like, I guess with mental health, like, it does catapult people, but it's a double-edged sword, you know? It's like Goku, whenever he goes K.O. Ken, like, the longer he stays in that state, the more damage he inflicts on himself. Yeah. So, how old were you when that happened? Man, I was, like, 14. Wow. And so, you essentially had to become the man of the house after that? I mean, not really the man of the house, but I just had to become, like, my own man. Yeah. You know? Like, I mean, I didn't really have... My mother was taking care of me, basically, mm-hmm. you know, like my pops was, he was there, you know, he was there for me, but it's like he was trying his best, but he has like a bad back, so he wasn't able to really get a job, and, you know, I just kind of had to like, I had to boss up, you know, I had to either get a job or take photos, and I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna take photos, I mean, I don't got nothing to gamble either, I don't have shit, so, it's like if I lose anything, I'm not really losing nothing, it can't really get any worse, yeah, really i mean it doesn't go much further down than that and like yeah. your mom dying in your arms so what'd you do when you say you take photos like how'd you go from there man so i just 
Like, what do you mean? Like after her passing, or just? Well, like, you, you, it kind of you kind of made it sound like you know you made it up in your mind. Oh that yeah, you're yeah, gonna yeah. take photos. So to I get went to Six Flags. Yeah. Went to Six Flags. I went to Six Flags, and like at my high school too. Like my high school, I was JRTC. I went to like a military academy, mm-hmm. Forestville Military Academy at the time. They closed down recently, but but yeah, I went there, man, and um, man, they really supported me, man. Like I didn't even want them to know that my mother was in the hospital. But my sister, my sister had um had called and told the principal so he could tell my administrators and my teachers because I was telling my sister not to do it because I didn't want them to think any less of me. Like I wanted them to actually put more weight on my shoulders because my whole my biggest goal, like for my mother was in high school was to um was to get a four point. That's like the only thing I wanted to do for my mother, you know, and I wanted to do it and I didn't want to cheat at it, you know. I really wanted because to just because of sympathy it. or something like that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want any sympathy. Like I just wanted people to go even harder on me because mm-hmm. I know in the real world when shit like that happens, you know, people are still knocking on your door to collect bills. Yep. You know, nobody really cares. Like even with this Corona shit, like my insurance company called me just to tell me that I had to pay my bill. <laughs> they didn't even call me to tell me like, oh, you know, you should be social distancing. Like, no, like. Motherfucker, you got a bill due tomorrow. Dude, you realize the world does not give a fuck about your personal life, yeah. especially if you owe that money. Yeah, man. It's like even with this podcast, bro, like I got probably an hour of sleep last night, but fuck it. I'm going to make sure I'm here because I said I was going to be here. I respect that, man. You Thank know? You. Yeah, man. It's the least I can do, man. I'm honored for you to even like bring me up, like to even, you know, want me on your show. Appreciate that. You know, I really appreciate, I appreciate this, bro. You know, I appreciate you for even taking the time and making the space and setting up your camera because I, mean, I know that, yeah. that that shit takes time, you know? Yeah, I mean, you've been in my radar for a little bit, actually, and man. I feel like the, the time is just perfect now. Yeah, no, definitely, man. I feel like the time is perfect. Uh, we met through Dio, too, right? Yeah, yeah. I was just with Dio earlier. Yeah, oh, earlier today? Yeah, yeah, earlier. Like, I just literally left from Dio. Yeah, I like, saw you did, like, a podcast or something with him the other day. Like, yeah, we did a live. Yeah, we did an IG live. Yeah, he hit me up, man. Dio's a homie, man. He's he's serving as, like, a mentor. Like, yeah, he's, he's probably a solid like, dude. Yeah, him and Glenn probably like the closest things I've had to like mentors in a while, man. You know, like I mean, first starting out, man. I don't know. I really didn't have a mentor, bro. Like I just had a chip on my shoulder, and I was just hungry as fuck. Mm. I mean, but the only thing about having a chip on your shoulder is that like if you make that your purpose, once you don't have a chip on your shoulder, you start to lose steam. You know, and like I was getting to a point in my career where I was losing steam, so I had to figure out what my purpose is like i had to go back to the beginning like why do i do what i do you like know? losing steam like you were losing gigs or like you were losing i was losing like i was losing like passion mm. once i started once i was able to put, prove people wrong because when i first started man people were telling me that photography wouldn't work because dc is a corporate town it's a political town very man. true it's a political city and i was like i mean that's cool but like if there ain't a system i'm gonna build one like i'm gonna do what i want regardless you like know? that attitude, like, I'm going to make this work no matter what. Yeah, by any means necessary, you know. Like, I think that just comes from playing sports, too, because I played a few sports as well. But, um, but yeah, man, you know, just, like, a little bit further in my career, man, I was just like, fuck, like, what am I doing this for? And I had to remind myself, like, who I do it for. Like, I do it for my nieces and my nephews, for the kids mm. that can't really get access to these places I get access to at the moment, you know, just to let them know that it's tangible because, like, you know, are you familiar with Jabari Jacobs? Why does that name sound so familiar? Man, so he's like this really dope photographer from this area, man. He's done like a, like a lot of like uh, album covers for like a lot of artists. Like he that did name sounds so the internet's familiar. album cover. Like he did like he he shoots with a lot of artists, man. And um, I think I follow was, him, but I, th- I always thought he was like an LA photographer or some shit like that. I think he's bi-coastal. His his name does he operate out of Baltimore? 
I don't honestly I don't know bro. That name's he come just up be before. around yeah he just be around you know but um but yeah man like seeing him when I was younger man seeing him move around like that I was like where is he from he's from down the street all right bet like mm-hmm. I'm gonna make that shit happen on my end too because you know like it's tangible I just want to let people know it's tangible like you could do whatever you want to do like you can't let that distance like oh like I'm not privileged or you can't really make any excuses for yourself it's excuses it's it's the ex- and that's the biggest one that you said it's like DC is a corporate town it won't work that's yeah. an excuse you yeah. got to find a way it's when you're it's the way I, I like to think about sometimes is it's like that challenge that photography goal it's like a forest and you're standing at the edge of the forest and from the edge of the forest you don't know what is in that forest yeah and you don't know how you're going to get to the other side you don't know if it's in the forest you don't know anything but it's scary and people are telling you not to do it yeah but when you finally go into that forest and you start to realize that, wait a minute i could survive here i could get through this and you start finding these things and like the puzzle pieces just start connecting when you start going down that path no nah, facts man you just gotta listen to your fucking heart man yeah for real like i mean i'm really big on spirituality like you know god man god just be talking to me bro like i just be seeing the numbers bro like i see 11 11 every time mm-hmm. i make a big decision just to let me know i'm on the right track it's just the angels bro interesting like even when i was in college bro when i dropped out man I asked God for a sign because, like, man, I was at a doctor's office, bro. I don't even have service in my doctor's office. And, like, man, I applied to shoot for uh, Kanye's show, like the St. Pablo tour, and I reached out directly to his team. I was expecting for them not to hit me back. But the day of the show, I'm in the doctor's office. I refresh the the mail just to just to refresh it. Like I know I don't have no service. Yeah, you're sitting there with nothing to do. Nothing yeah. to do. Yeah, I just refresh it. I'm like, oh fuck, I don't even have any service right now. Why did I refresh it? And I left my phone open for a couple more seconds, and I got an email from Def Jam saying I was able to shoot. Wow. And like I got the pictures to them and they liked them. And I was like, yo, I must be on a great. I must be. On, I must be on the right track, because. You know, they're saying they like it. It's not like me even. It's not like me saying, oh, my shit's dope. It's like other people are saying that my shit is dope. You know? Wait, so you were sitting there and you got the message from Kanye's team? Yeah, in the doctor's office. With little service. Yes, with no service, bro. And, and no you, bars. And you. On a 4S, bro. On so, a 4S. <laughs> in 2016. Fuck. That's and, wild. It's wild as shit, bro. Like. You know, it's crazy, man. And then, like, on my way, man, on my way to the fucking Verizon Center at the time, man, my pops was like, man, what you going to do about these uh, these fall courses you signed up yet? I paused, man. I paused. We was in my father's Chrysler, man. Um, I paused. And I looked over at him, man. I was just like, I'm not going back. Damn. It's like, I'm not, I'm not going back to school. And uh, he was like, what do you mean you're not going back to school? You have to go to school. It's like, I don't have to do anything, you know? I don't have to do anything. It's going to make sense. It's going to make sense in some time. I might be broke now, and I was broke, man. I was so broke that I was trying to pay credit card bills with other credit cards. Damn. Like, it was down bad, you know? Like, luckily, I got some people around me that, like, took care of me. You know, I got, like, a really good support system in my family. You know, I got really good support system outside of my family, too. You know, people that just put money in my pocket, people that just refer me to other clients, just like, yo, like, the kid's hungry. Like, he don't even talk much. He don't drink or smoke. Just, mm-hmm. like, put him on. Like, let him eat, you know? And it's just, like, by any means necessary. Like, when I make sure when I'm working on behalf of somebody, I just try to make sure that, like, I give people a polished product, you know? And that's just always been, that's always been the focus, man, since the beginning. It's just giving people the best product that they can get in this area or in the world even 
that's kind of how I look at it, man. I need to be the best. I need to be the best at what I do in the world, like ever. You really want to? Yeah. The the best photographer, the best like, concert photographer, the best what? The best everything. Like I just want to be the best everything, bro. Like anything I'm doing, I want to be the best at it. Like mm. even with this merch shit, like bro, it took me five or six years to make this hoodie because I couldn't find the right type of hoodie and I couldn't find a distributor that would that would um that would stitch embroider my hoodie like this. Mm. And like luckily I came across a homie and like he had a plug for me out in New York and we made it happen. You know, this is six years in the making. Wow. You know, even down to my prints. I'm not selling my prints because I'm not just gonna sell my prints on a website and not have anything behind it. Like I'm gonna donate the proceeds to another company or something that like makes sense, you know? That's how I know how I look at it. Like it seems like you're saying like whatever you want to do, you want to make sure it's the best thing you could do yeah. for that thing. Whether it's prints, whether it's the merch, whether yeah. it's the photos. Intention. It's like, yeah, like you if you're gonna do something, you wanna do hundred and ten percent. Yeah. And and mean it. No, nah, facts. Facts, man. I'm really big on intention, man. That's some anime like that's some anime ass shit right there. Yeah. People don't know that. People don't know that. <laughs> People don't know that. But if you've seen like Hayaku or any of these goddamn animes, yeah. you know that like yeah. that is the mindset you have to have when you're approaching life and and challenges and situations man yeah. that's the goku mentality yo it's a goku mentality i like, like for that. real real talk man i i remember I, when i finished the gurn lagon you ever seen that gurn lagon no nah, you gotta hit me man bro i gotta we gotta do some an, an anime exchange here yeah and yeah, no, i definitely uh, man that anime had me fucking pumped afterwards when that yeah. thing ended i was like let's do it i was like i don't know what i'm doing but i'm gonna do it bro you hit the hajim no ipo what was it? What's the English version for that? Uh, Hajim no Ipo. I mean, that's like the English version. Okay, I don't know. Like, there isn't really an English version. But I don't know if I've seen that one. It's like this boxing. It's like this boxing anime. anime oh, I love man. sports animes. Hey, bro, that shit had me pumped to the point where I started doing like MMA. No, no way. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. And like, I still kind of do it to this day. That's sick. What do you train? You say, what do I train? Yeah, uh, Muay Thai. Muay Thai. Yeah, oh, Muay Thai right now. That's my shit. I, I did that for two years. Yeah, Muay Thai is dope, man. I've been doing it for like two and a half years now. Wow. Super dope, man. Around here? Yeah, so in Clinton, it's this uh this spot called Lloyd Irvin's. So Lloyd Irvin, he's really known for his uh boy his boo jujitsu though. Mm. Like they won a lot of tournaments out in uh, Cali. You know, and uh their MMA fires are pretty good too, man. They got pretty good records over there. You know, and I just love like the fact that you can go in there, you can train alongside these professional athletes. That's like, awesome. You can like hold mitts for them, like and you can feel how like, hard they're hitting. <sighs> And you can hit them as much as, like, you can hit them as hard as you want. I mean, and not really hurt them. But, like, I mean, they're holding mitts, you know. So, I mean, the goal is not really to hit anybody and hurt them. But it's, like, you want to make sure that you're precise and whatnot. And they'll give you, like, tips, too. Like, here and there. Like, guys will pull me to the side that, like, I'm, maybe I'm doing mitt work with. And they're just like, yo, you can do this better. Uh, and I know to listen to them because they're professional fighters. Like, Are you doing Muay Thai so you could just defend yourself? Why do you? Why are you doing it? Stay in shape, man. Just, defend myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's powerful. Like knowing that you can handle your shit in a, in conflict is yeah. very powerful. It makes you more conscious too. Like it makes you not want to get into conflicts. True, because you know how bad it can be. Yeah, because you know you can probably like kill somebody. You're like, a pretty big seriously. dude. You could probably hurt someone. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. I thought you'd be a lot smaller stature of a dude. Really? It's probably the boots because they got Nike boots. Nah, man, you're like six foot, dude. I'm like five eleven. Oh shit! See, man, you got a big presence then. Yeah, I mean, I try to walk around with like my chest out. Damn, it's fucking. Like JRTC, they teach you that. Like, oh, I thought they do it. Yeah, the Python, the Python walk. I thought you were gonna be like five eight. I did not think you'd be five eleven. Be completely honest with you. I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I mean, that's how I kind of want to appear though. Like, I don't want to compare. I don't want to appear as like this big, like ominous, like character. Yeah, it's probably a bad vibe for a photographer. 
I mean, not really. I mean, I, it works because I mean, people take you serious. But mm. like, I mean, there has been times where I have to check people, you know, just to let them know who they're dealing with. But I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. Right that's what anything, though. That's what anything in life. You gonna always have to check somebody. That's always gonna happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially if they ain't keeping it real, or if they ain't being transparent. Sometimes you got to pull them to the side. I mean, because everybody want to check people on Front Street, like on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm like, nah, that's not how you do it. Because that's how people get killed. Like, you're trying to embarrass somebody. Like, nah, just pull them to the side. Like, yo, like, that shit ain't right. Mm. You know? And that's, that's real, though. Yeah, that's what I'm big on. Like, I just, if I feel a certain type of way, or if I hear something about you, I just pull you to the side. Like, yo, like, is this true? Because I don't really be with, like, the politics. Like, local politics, that's mm. what... I don't know. That's I think that's another thing that got me ahead of people because um, I can literally work with anybody in the city because everybody knows I'm not tied to anybody. That is true. I can't tie to any specific niche of creative group around here. Yeah. You know? And it's like... That's smart. Yeah. I mean, I try not to do that because, I mean, people share problems. Like, people are infectious, you know? Mm. So I try to keep away. I try to keep away from that. I, I, I agree 100%, man. So you... And I, I, I kind of like how we're going down this journey. Maybe we should just finish this this, this journey. Actually, I, I want to finish this. So, yeah, so, yeah. so you go, you're in the car with your dad. Yeah. And you just tell him that right in the spot, like that 4.0 high school GPA I got, throwing that all away. Yeah. So I could become a, a concert photographer. Yeah. He told me I was crazy. He told you he was crazy? I said, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crazy to believe some shit that's not in front of me. Like, in a way, dude, like, I'm so envious of your self-awareness that you had or even that you have, but like the self-awareness that you had, like when I was growing up, when I was like 18, 19, I knew I wanted to do photography, but I didn't have enough self-awareness to be like, fuck everything. I just stayed in college and did it until I got to a point where I'm like, Oh, what am I doing? But like you had that self-awareness. So you did the Pablo thing or you did the Kanye concert. Was that your first big concert? Was that like the first big gig at that point? I would say that was my biggest gig. At biggest that time. gig. Yeah. I mean, but like a day before that, not a day, like a week before that, I shot um, Kid Cudi for Triletro. Oh, wow. I worked in house for Triletro. That was like my, excuse me, that was my second festival like I ever shot. Mm-hmm. My first festival ever was like Broccoli City. Broccoli City showed mad love because I was in their ear. Because they didn't want to get back to me. I was like, fuck that. I'm going to post y'all on my Instagram. And I'm going to just tell everybody to at y'all to let y'all know how hungry I am. And I mean, they fucked with it. Because I mean, I'm still there now. I'm like the head of like photography nice, for dude. Broccoli City. So I, I do the in-house for, 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 uh, for Broccoli City for their photographers. So I mean. Persistent as hell. Yeah, man. You got to be persistent and consistent. You know, that's all this shit is about, man. Just, just got to eat it up, man. For real, like you gotta take the good, you gotta take the good and the bad, and you gotta turn that bad into good. Mm. You gotta always look at it like me. Like I would say, I'm a pretty optimistic guy, cause I mean, like I said, I've been through some crazy shit. So, at what point, at what point in the, your concert photography career did you and the Ari Lennox thing happen? Because that seems to be a very like career defining moment, at least look. Man, so that happened through my sister P, uh, Paris. Man, mm-hmm. I would say. Everybody in my life that, like, is named P, like, they've always, like, changed my life in some type of way. Like, Paris, man. Paris taught me how to leverage, man. She leverages like fuck. Like, I met her when she lived in D.C. Mm-hmm. And she moved to L.A. and she fucking took off. She left everything in D.C. Whoa. She was uh, she was pretty important in D.C., man. And she went to L.A., man. And she fucking took off. Like, What's she doing? 
Man, she managed she managed Ari Linux and oh, then wow. like she co managed her and then like now she's helping out with Lucky Day. Mm-hmm. It's like two of like the biggest artists right now. And then like Tone Sith and like she has like a really popping roster, you know. And she's like pretty important and she knows some really good people. You know, and I met her off of just like, you know, just wanting to help. Mm-hmm. You know? That's another thing I'm really big on is just not approaching people with an invoice, but just asking them how can I like how can I invest in what you got going on? Like, how can I add to the pot? You know, and just tell me, just tell me where I fit in on the on the on the budget. It could be a dollar. It could be two dollars. Like, I don't I don't really care too much about money. I just want to invest. I want to invest in people. Mm-hmm. You know, because situations like that, like Paris blew up and she took me with her because I stay. I I started with her. And that's smart because you didn't approach her from a money relationship yeah. perspective, which I think is where a lot of photographers mess things up. Yeah, and it's just like. Also, too, like, I look at her as a sister, and Mm -hmm. what I like about our relationship is that we have, like, this radical transparency where if I'm slacking, she'll tell me, you Mm -hmm. know? And I don't mind because I'm not, I don't really, yeah, you know, I'm not scared of criticism. Like I said, I was some ass. I was some shit when I first started photography, you know? But people was telling me what I was doing wrong, but they would just say, I suck. And I was like, damn, why do I suck? And they would just tell me, and, you know. I just took note. You gotta have a critic, man. It's some of you, some of the opinion you respect, at yeah, least, you know, yeah. you respect her opinion. And so, so she hooked you up with the Ari Lennox gig. Yeah, man. She called me one day, man. It was this was like maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. It might have been two years ago, man. It was it was a while back, man. And um, it was a December. And she was like, "Yo, what you doing for the month of December?" I was like, "Uh, I mean, I got a few gigs lined up." She was just like, "All right." Um, I was like, "Yeah, I got a few gigs lined up, but I can outsource them." She was like, all right, we're going to take you on the road. But mind you not, man, like a year before that, she was telling me she was going to take me on tour. But like, I'm the type of guy, you can tell me something all day, but until like it's happening, yeah, I won't really feed too much energy on it. And I, I won't like, I won't be like, oh yeah, this is about to happen. Like this shit happened to happen. If it don't, cool, you know, but she was telling me, man, and she kept her word and she was just like, yeah, like I want to take you on the road. I was like, oh shit. Damn. And this was like two days in advance. Was so. that a goal of yours? Because I feel like as a concert photographer, there, at least from my perspective, for people like for, con- for you who are concert photographers, like, is there some part of you that wanted to that position? Bro, I ain't have no goals back then, bro. Oh, I was really? just hungry, bro. Well, I, I'm saying that like, as a concert photographer, it seems like your goal would be to be a part of someone's tour. Yeah, yeah. Like, of that course. seems like one of the highest levels of concert photography. Uh, of course, It'd yeah. Be like of that course. personal race corrupted mind or something. Of course, yeah, for real. I mean, but back then, man, I didn't have any goals. I was just walking around like this. <laughs> like I was just mad at the world with like a chip on my shoulder because yeah. everybody thought that you know, everybody was sleeping on me because I was also like eighteen. I was like seventeen or eighteen when I was shooting at clubs and shit and bouncers were like kicking me out and I had to call their boss to come and let me back in. You know, like it was crazy shit like that that I had to go through. So I had this enormous chip on my shoulder. So I, man, I was just getting into these photo pits, man, and I was just bullying people. Like, well, not bullying them, but I was just trying to rack up on content. And like, you know, people like, I don't know, people were in my way in like photo pits. Like I would like, like, yo, like, can you get out the way, please? Like I'm trying to get my shot. (laughs) Like we only got three songs, you know, but, um, Luckily, man, I grew out of that, man, you know, and like going on tour and like accomplishing shit like that and like taking pictures in like Africa and going to Australia and New Zealand for my work, man. It really taught me, man, like traveling, traveling really bought like a lot of knowledge out of me, man. That's so true. There's an an intangible of traveling that you can't that 
it expands your brain. You realize, man, you real when you physically travel, bro, you realize that the world is really bigger than me. That's exactly what it is. It's crazy as fuck, bro. I was on a plane, bro. I was on a plane for 17 hours going to Ethiopia, bro. With Ari Lennox? No, nah, this was for uh this was for the Table Initiative. When okay. I went to Ethiopia, we did content for free for a few local orphanages in uh, Ethiopia. Oh, it's awfully nice of you. Man, yeah, it was dope, man. I did a whole Go GoFundMe campaign and uh my family over at all our kids, they uh they helped me they helped me uh make this uh the GoFundMe, and the goal I think was at like might have been at like seventeen hundred or two thousand I can't remember the goal but man we exceeded it and I was like man since we exceeded it then I'm gonna just take some suitcases with me with like the the extra money that I bought like the extra money y'all raised for me I'm gonna just take over suitcases full of like extra supplies. Mm. Man, I almost missed my flight going to Ethiopia, man. The airlines, once I told them what I had going on, they was just like, what are you doing? And like, why are you so late? And I was just like, I'm sorry. I didn't know that, you know, I barely even fly. Like, I didn't know that I had to be here two hours before my flight. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I was like, I did not know that. They was just like, well, what are you, what are you doing? What are you going to Ethiopia for? And they're like, why do you have all these bags? So I had like five bags with me, bro. Yeah, camera gear, the donations, all that yeah, shit. Yeah, I had all that shit with me. Yeah, my clothes, camera gear, donations. And I told them what I was doing, man. They let my luggage on for free, both wow. there and back. Wow. Yeah, man. So, man. That's that forest, man. You don't know what's in that forest. Like, it, it, especially yeah. on that path, things will just work out if your intentions are yeah, good. Yeah, man. It's the law of attraction, bro. Like, if you mean well, then you'll do well. Mm-hmm. You know? I try I to tell people that. 100% agree that, man. I 100% agree that. There's been so many times in my life where, especially when it comes to, like, doing events where I was like, oh my God, I don't know how the hell I'm gonna pull this off. I don't have mats, I don't have frames. And then like the guy at the the, the mat and framing store was like, picks up the phone, he's like, all right. He's like, I believe in you. I'm gonna stay open late and I'm gonna do this for you. I'm like, yeah. that's the universe. Like, yeah. That's the intangible you, you can't you can't talk about. You yeah, can't, man. can't predict. I tell people, man, the universe speaks in intention. They don't speak in, it doesn't speak in a language. Mm. So, I mean, the only way how the universe really can talk to you is through intention. It's like it responds off of what intentions you give it. So, like, if you plant bad seeds, and you're going to get bad plants. Very true. Get bad fruit. You plant good good seeds, and you get good fruit. You know, it's all about what you want your fate to be. Like, karma is real. Karma is recycled. Karma is passed down from generation to generation. It's a very yogi principle you're talking about there. Very Bhagavad Gita-esque. Yeah, man. I study, I study Buddhism for a little bit. Nice. Yeah, Avatar, man. Avatar <laughs> put me onto it. I ain't going to hold you, man. Like, watching the Avatar really, like defined me as a kid too man when they was like teaching about like sh- like chakras and uh-huh. it's like yo this is a dope show like when i actually did my research when i was younger man it's like it had me it had me reading about buddhism man i was kind of like studying it mm-hmm. like learn how to meditate man i mean because like as a person of color man it's like stuff like that isn't really discussed you know it's not really discussed man like and in the household or like in the general? household like just in general mm-hmm. like back then like i feel like nobody was talking about like um Nobody's really talking about meditation or spirituality anything like was like spirituality. Yeah, yeah, no one was even talking about that. It was pretty much just atheist or Catholic or something like that. At yeah. least for me, like there yeah, was, it was it was not a thing. It was just no, nah, you're Catholic, dude. Yeah, no, nah, definitely, man. Um, so, what was it like touring with Ari Lennox? Like that was your first amazing, time as a tour. How, how, what was that experience it's amazing, like? Amazing, bro. She's such an amazing person. Bro. Yeah, that's big sis. Like for mm-hmm. real, she's such an amazing person. Like. Bro, we've been up five o'clock in the morning on tour buses talking about like the fifth dimension and like aliens. Like, mm. bro, she's such an interesting, like an interesting person. Like outside of the music, you know, her music is really good too. But she's also just an amazing person. 
And I couldn't think of anybody else I would be able to, like, I would want to do it with, you know, outside of her. Was was going on the tour what you thought it would be? I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Yeah. That's how it is usually for me. I don't really know what I'm getting myself. Like you said, it's the forest. You look over and you're just like, I don't know what I'm about to jump into, but I'm about to jump. You know, and that's just the beauty of it, man, to tell a story, especially when you fall on your ass and you completely, you completely fuck up. Did that happen? It's happened to me a lot. Oh. I've made more mistakes than I've had successes. I'll tell you what, But luckily, yeah, they're lessons, man. Man, but luckily, man, you know, I was blessed, man. I was blessed to have made those mistakes at a younger age. Mm. You know, I'm really big on just making as many mistakes as possible, like, younger in your career. Because, like, the more esteemed you become the bigger your mistakes or the more coverage your mistakes get. Yeah. You know, if you fuck up, it's like the higher you get, the easier it is for you to fall off. Like if you'd have really fucked up on the Ari Lennox tour, that could have really hurt you. Yeah. I mean, but I'm gonna find a way regardless. I'm a hustler. Was it, what was it like though? Like the day to day as the, uh, Ari Lennox tour photographer, like that's so quick. What was your day to day life? Are you literally just taking photos 24 seven? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, so, I mean, Ari, man, she's pretty chill, bro. She just be in her, her dressing room, not her dressing room. She just be in her hotel room chilling until mm-hmm. showtime. So I would have a lot of idle time on my hands. So, I mean, if I wasn't with the crew, so I mean, when I first get up, right. So when I get up, I would study Amharic. That's the Ethiopian language. Um, I would study Amharic. I would study Morse code and ASL. And then, um, what else would I do? Why would you study those things? Just to keep myself busy. Okay. Yeah, just to keep myself busy and keep my mind going. Then I would read for a little bit and annotate. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, I would try to walk around in each city I go into just to get a thorough understanding of what's around me. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, what else would I would do? Uh, I would kick it with the uh, with the the rest of the people that we're on tour with, you know. You know, just chill with them. Create some type of camaraderie, you know, because we got to spend two months with each other. On a, on a tour bus? Yeah, on a tour bus, Ooh. on a plane, wherever we was going. We all travel together. That's another thing I love about them, too. So we all travel together. You know, we're like a, we're like a family at this yeah. point. You know, and it's just really good. They really want people to be around. Like, they're really good people. Mm. You know? And I learned a lot from them, too. Like, they taught me a lot. Like, they did one of those things where, like, you know, I mean, I'm used to being the youngest in the family, so I'm used to fucking up, you know? And, like... You know, usually when you're the youngest of the family and you fuck up, people will make fun of you. 100%. And then they pull you to the side like, yo, you can do this like this next time to, so you won't have to go through this. And they did the same thing with me. Nice. You know? everyone, it sounds like everyone's just really supportive. Yeah. And they all do their own thing too, man. So it's like we almost like off some Avengers shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the tour manager, man. Like the tour manager, man. Kiana, man. She's like tour manager. She tour manager. She was the tour manager for uh, Janelle Monet. She's worked with, like, a lot of people, like, even, like, CP. Like, CP's worked with a lot of people, and it's, like, they have connections, and they have a gig. They want to bring you on. They'll bring you on it, too, because they know that you, like, I don't know. They know you. It's mm-hmm. a lot easier to work with you if you, if you know them. Exactly. Like, you're, you're always, I think you're always going to go with someone you know and someone you don't. Yeah, you know, and that's what people fail to realize. Like, no matter how talented you are, if somebody don't know you, they might not work with you. Yeah. I had a conversation with my buddy last night, or yesterday. He was, he's about, he's applying to all these really nice paper bro i'm a failure (laughs) (laughs) because i dropped out like 
I dropped out and I don't know. I'd say on paper now you're you're looking pretty good. Ari Lennox is manager, the head of the Broccoli City Photography. Like I'd say on paper, you're looking pretty nice. Yeah, I mean I'm just saying like technically like if people like if I would have applied for a gig with like CBS or NBC, they would look at my shit and they would see I not I don't have a degree and let alone I dropped out, they might not even consider me. Yeah, no those, matter my accolades. Those corporate photography gigs are so weird. Yeah, they are. They, they are. have some weird specifications and requirements. You're just like, how would I ever get this? Unless I yeah. went to like photography school and interned at CB. Like, you, how? Because they want to work with their friends, bro. Mm-hmm. Their friends ain't got it either. So mm-hmm. that's just a way to like weed out people. I think it's just like, all right. So if anybody does have these requirements, though, like we're definitely going to hire them because they have these requ- these. Like you randomly met these requirements. Yeah, if you randomly have a master's or a doctorate. Yeah, right. It's just like, bro, like you want somebody that's like fifty. <laughs> like almost 30 years old probably like you don't drink or, or smoke weed i don't, nah, I don't. really Cause i thought you were baked this entire time no <laughs> i get that <laughs> I'm a lot i'm not gonna though. lie dude i thought you were so baked oh this for real time. damn yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would never say anything because like it yeah. doesn't fucking matter but i was just like oh I, I, he definitely hit like the pen before he came in oh my god i'm dead bro nah i'm not you respect man holy crap yeah, I don't smoke or drink, man. I'm straight edge. I'm like Batman, man. Batman's my favorite superhero. That's why you're so productive, dude. Man, Batman, he doesn't have any superpowers. Please tell me you play video games. How I do, do. Please tell me you waste your time. Okay, thank God. I mean, no, not really. Not as much as I want to, but mm-hmm. I mean, I've been playing Animal Crossing recently. Oh, the new one? I fucking love Animal Crossing. Like, I don't know shit about Animal Crossing, but every hot bro. e-girl is playing Animal Crossing right now. Bro, Animal Crossing is the shit. <laughs> what do you do in that game? It's like The Sims, but you just can't have children and you can't die. Oh, like you farm and create yeah, a house. Yeah, farm. You could create a house, buy furniture. Like you can catch bees and you can run your own. Basically, you run your own town. Like oh, that shit wow. is amazing, bro. Like you can catch spiders. I mean, the spiders can bite you and you can pass out and just respawn. Back How, at your house. How's your town going? We good. <laughs> we good. We got like two. We got like two residents. You know what I'm saying? Hey. Yeah, we got like three more on the way. I just got to finish building their houses and shit. So that's you know, hilarious. They won't be sleeping on the beach. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. I totally thought you were baked. I was like, yeah, no problem. But like, damn, I, I used to get that a lot when I was younger too, man. Like, it's because you uh, talk so chill and like your eyes are kind of like glossy yeah, and kind of low, eyes, anyways. Yeah. I was just like, oh, okay. It's because of my eyes. Like my uh, my teachers would always ask me if I was high. And I was just like, yo, I've never smoked in my life. It's an awkward question and not in the right context, right? It's like, are you high? It's like, even if you say no, yeah, someone they're still gonna think you're high. Yeah, I just be like, no, I'm not high. I actually have like a three eight accumulative. If you're trying to like, I don't know, you're trying to bid on me. Wait, so there's there's like no part of you that on that tour you want to like just drink or smoke a dub with Ari or what? I don't know if she does that or like with the we got like with the roadie once. or something like that. We got wine once. Yeah. I stay away from roadies though. Fuck the fuck the roadies, bro. The roadies are wild people. I'm good off that. <laughs> that sound engineer, do not drink with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm super good off like uh you mean like the uh like like women like that you pick up on the road or I mean, I guess all parts. I mean, from the outside perspective it seems like touring on the road seems like a constant party. Oh, like, like I thought lo- you meant like fangirls, like Oh, you had fangirls? No, I'm talking about like Ari's fangirls. Like, oh, oh, oh. Well, not even just like Ari's fangirls, but like just just fans that want to be around, mm-hmm. that like want to get close to you, just to get like close to like the artist. Is that happening? I mean, I ain't let it happen because I look un- unapproachable. I try to look un- unapproachable, like in public. It's that metro mentality, like because I used to catch the metro when I was younger by myself, and my parents would just tell me 
to look forward and look mad. And it kind of like got stuck on my face, especially when I went to ROTC too. Like, dude, that is so valuable because there's just, there's like a local blog called Popville. You've heard of it? You said Popville? Yeah. No, I haven't. They cover like everything in Parkview and Columbia Heights. That's where I live in DC. And this, there's this one lady, a couple of, they're like, I keep getting robbed. I keep getting robbed. I'm like, I want to comment so bad and be like, maybe you just look way too robbable. Yeah. Like, like you need to look <laughs> more pissed. Like, I yeah. feel like, like I, and I know people like that who've told me that I get fucked with all the time. I'm like, well, you don't look like someone I don't want to fuck with. Man. So I kind of had to like keep that facial structure because man, <laughs> I used to drive, bro. Bro, we used to like catch the Metro at Anacostia Station. Anacostia Ooh. used to be wild as fuck. Yes. And like I used to be coming from like basketball games, like Shh. fresh pair of J's on my feet, probably. Like I used to be looking like a lick, but it's like if you look angry and you just move, like I don't know if you just have like that New York walk, like that New York stride. Like people like yo, like people like trying to say what's up to you. You just keep it moving and you ignore the fuck out of them. A lot of the times they won't bother you, but I mean if they keep following you. That's when you start to like take off. You know, oh, dude, I mean I remember being young growing up in. I grew up in Northern Virginia, so I was DC, and we'd, I'd take the Metro in high school and growing up to go to like all the clubs, like 930 Club, like the venues. Yeah. My mom would always be like, don't fucking go to Anacostia. <laughs> like, Anacostia <laughs> was like the dark side when Sim, when he was showing Simba. Like mom was yeah. like, just do not go to Anacostia. Bro, yeah, Anacostia <laughs> used to be wild, man. I used to have to walk through that shit. And like, even like Southeast and like Northeast used mm. to be a little bit rougher back then. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, man. I mean, but as long as you mind your business and i mean i feel like that's in life though like you just mind your business and you just walk with purpose you can do whatever you want like there's been times i've been at festivals and like i don't have a media pass but i just walk through the fucking like with your camera yeah i just walk through with my camera and with like, your, i mean with that big ass yellow camera it's hard to look like you don't yeah. belong there like that camera is how'd you even come up with the whole like yellow camera anyways man so like i said i used to have like speech like impediments so mm-hmm. it was really hard for me to talk to people and um, I got tired of being ignored. So I was like, fuck it. If y'all gonna keep ignoring me, I'm gonna just get me a yellow case. And whenever I take pictures of these rappers, I'm a, on the last song, I'm gonna just point my camera up at them. Like, I'm gonna point it up like this, basically. And I'm gonna just get shots of them, like, with the camera in front of their face. So they just see this obnoxious yellow camera. Yep, so they remember me. The boy with the yellow camera. Oh, shit, that's smart. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. So so you have you... you it was like speech impediments, like you were just scared to talk. I was to just people. scared to talk to people, man. Like, and I was stuttered. I used to, I used to stutter a lot too, when I got nervous. It's like and social like, anxiety. Yeah, just really bad anxiety, bro. It's ironic considering when you're taking photos, you're around thousands of people, but you're not talking to anyone. Yeah, I mean that's how I think about it. It's like I don't know these people either. True. They don't know me. I mean, they probably do know me. I don't know, but I mean, I don't care anymore. Has that started happening where people recognize you as that guy now? I, I can imagine that when you're out doing concert photography, you've built a brand. People probably recognize you now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, people do recognize me, you know. But like I said, I try to look unapproachable, so they don't really talk to me in person. But I'll get like a DM, like, "Oh, I saw you <laughs> at this concert," and I'm just like, "Bro, like, why you ain't say nothing?" Oh, never mind. I understand. <laughs> yeah, you look, you had resting bitch face, bro. Of course, I right. didn't talk to you. Right, you, you like you was focused. Yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you have any wild concert photography stories, like when you're in the pit or anything like Man, that? Man, A3C, bro. A3C, I think it was 2018 or 2019, when Lil Wayne performed, man. It was a fucking riot. What? Yeah, bro. Um, people thought that somebody in the crowd had a gun. Oh. Like, Lil Wayne was rapping, in, like, on his third song, bro. 
like I think it might have been his second or his third song. Lil Wayne was rapping and he was just like, nah, fuck this shit. And he walked off the stage and security like basically grabbed him off stage because I mean, I think the year prior to that, Lil Wayne's tour bus got shut up. So I think some guys from like Young Thugs camp was after him. I'm not really sure the details, but um, but yeah, man. So Atlanta was like really fun, like really fishy for him. Like it was really funny to him. So he was just like, man, the first. I guess the first time he saw something, he was just like, man, I'm getting the fuck up out of there. Like from the stage, he saw someone with a gun or, or he thought he I, saw I think someone. they were fighting. I don't know. But ah, okay. all I know, bro, is that somebody yelled, he got a gun. Oh, shit. He got a gun. They said it like three times. Everybody took the fuck off in every single direction, bro. Like, you know how you had the fences with like the pointy shit on the top? Yeah. Like people, bro, people were like climbing those fences and they had they had cuts on their hands. Oh my God. People were getting their glasses stepped on. I had a friend that like dropped her camera back. She like lost a lot of her gear. <gasps> like, bro, it was tragic. Where were you when this was happening? Bro, I was in the front of all of it. I was like, y'all got me fucked up. If y'all think that I'm a, I'm not about to go out, but sad. <laughs> I'm not about to go out. If somebody gonna shoot me, fuck it. Shoot me. I just help people get over the fences. I'm not about to crawl. I'm not about to crawl this fence. Like, I'm good. You know? Somebody's gonna shoot me. I mean, I guess. Did you take photos of people freaking out? No. Oh. I don't like shit like that. That's probably a little too real. Yeah, and I mean, also in like South by Southwest, uh, 2017, maybe, mm-hmm. I saw somebody get stabbed in the face in front of me. Well, what? Yeah, while I was changing my lens on like 6th Street. Bro, please tell me about this. It was a riot another riot so basically a guy took out a knife and uh, they were arguing back and forth and like I was in the middle of changing my lens and I heard it out of like the side of my ear and I looked over the dude had a knife and next thing I knew the police came over and like basically tackled him and I think they just started brawling bro and uh, I just know man once I saw that I didn't even have my shit together I just took the fuck off I was like yeah this is not I'm not about to stay right here then like this one woman man i felt so bad for her because she was on the ground and um she wanted me to help her up but i was like man if i help you up then i'm gonna be i'm gonna get trampled too probably you know this was while you were packing up your case yeah this is why i was like fumbling to like get my shit together because at the time i had like a a messenger bag as my camera bag so i was exchanging i was switching lenses and and the shit just happened like that and it's like survival instinct kind of kicked in like situations like that i'm not really affected by i just like want to get the fuck out of there like i'm not really too scared of those situations i guess because i like been in them a few times like even the shit when it happened at a3c i wasn't really scared i was just making sure that my friends were okay because like Mm. i was there with a few photographer buddies and like a few of my friends that um that like work in the entertainment industry you know and i just wanted to make sure they was okay i was calling them and i was just making sure that I had on my equipment because I mean I did have on my equipment actually because it was all in my back, you know. But it was just nuts, bro. Like it was. So, so you're telling me you were running away from this thing and this lady's. It, it feels like a video game. The lady's laying there like, "Help me up! Help me up!" And you're yeah. like, "Yeah, I'm like, I can't. I'm sorry, you know. If Damn. I was to do that, then." But I imagine in that scenario there were like hundreds of people probably like yes. literally yes riding and you're like if I, yeah i can see that you gotta help you gotta protect yourself i was getting pushed oh i looked back and i was getting pushed so you were like in like a venue when this was happening no this was south by southwest this was on, have you been to south by southwest no basically sixth street is this long ass street where all of like it's full of like clubs and bars where like all these events happen and whatnot okay i see what you're talking yeah, about yeah so everybody's walking everybody's walking by you know and everything's going on and then like just this crazy ass riot happens out of nowhere 
And I was just like, this is crazy. I mean, it kind of seems like a thing that happened in large groups of people. So it's like a riot. Yeah, what else yeah. could really happen, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, it happens, but... You're just sitting there like, as long as my camera shit's good, I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, I'm good as long as, like... As long as my camera stuff is I'm here, good. all right. Yeah, you know, I ain't really tripping too much. I mean, shit happens. Damn, those are some crazy stories. Yeah, you know, it's wild, but... I feel like in those environments, something... I told you, you gotta be crazy, man. You gotta be crazy for this shit. <laughs> You are crazy for that shit, man. I know, man. I know I'm crazy, man. <laughs> what's it like? What's it like being backstage and interacting with some of these artists? Because you seem to get it's dope, oh, you man. seem to get really close. Like you were close. With, you you were like were really close to J Cole. I saw on your Instagram yeah, and stuff bro. like that. Like, what is this like, bro. dude? It's dope as fuck, bro. Like how do it's you everything feel, I man? wanted when I was a young really, bro. That young Tumblr like kid, said, and that's you. I, like I said, bro, I wanted to be a rapper, but I didn't know how to rap. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to just get as close to him as possible. And it's like, now these are my friends. Wow. It's like the dopest shit ever, man. You know, like, these are the homies now. Like, these are peers. Like, their management cuts me a check. Like, I'm getting paid for doing some shit that I love to do. Like, bro, I'm forever grateful for that. Like, this is some shit I would pay to do. <laughs> like, seriously, bro. Like, I would pay to have support from people that believe in a dream that's not even, like, it's just non-existent, like, for them to support me more than, like, there's been times where I wanted to, like, just throw it all away, like, just throw in a towel and, like, people, like, pull me to the side and just tell me how amazing I am. And I'm just like, fuck, like, you don't know how much I needed that, but thank wow. you, you know? It's an amazing space to be in. But I can imagine being back there with these artists who are just bigger than life. You're back there with the baby, bro, you realize, J. Cole, and you're just like. Bro, you realize, though, man, they're just regular people. It's crazy. It's it's very surreal, but they're just regular people. Hmm. Like the baby man. Like oh, I got this portrait of the baby. Like I got this portrait, like this intimate portrait of him. And like um, it was at Made in America. You know, it was at Made in America, and it was a lot of like photographers sitting there. It was a lot of photographers sitting there, and they were scared to come up to him and ask him to take a picture of him. It's like why the fuck y'all so? Why y'all ten feet away from him? Like <laughs> just walk up to him and ask him for a photo. And if he says no, then like cool. Like I doubt he's gonna beat you up because Oh he's got that rap, right? Yeah, like he's not gonna beat you up if you ask for a photo. Like I just walked up to him like, yo, baby, can I get a picture of you? He's like, Yeah, for sure. And then he like posed it, then like he pulled Stunner Vegas to the side and it was just like, yo, like, let's take a pic. That's what's up. Yeah, man. No fear. Yeah, you, you can't have no bro, you can't have no fear, bro. You can't, especially with that concert photography. It seems bro, like they're gonna have anything in life, bro, you can't have no fear, bro. Mm. You gotta go after that shit, man. Cause if you don't, somebody else will. Facts. Even ideas, bro. You got to put them ideas out, bro. You can't be scared, dude. Ideas, man. Once you have that idea, it's in the it's in like the universe of ideas, and someone yeah. else has that same exactly. idea. Exactly. And it's whether or not who does it first. It's a race. It is a race. It's a race for it's, real. It's like the whole concept of universal thought. I believe in that one hundred percent. And it's like the idea of that if if you have the idea, then someone else has it. Just like I yeah. said. And it's whether or not you do it. Or do you want more water? Oh no, I'm good. I'm yeah. good, man. It's about like who does it best, or, or whether or not you do it or not. Yeah. No, definitely, man. That's where I've been at, man. Just trying to get out more ideas that I've had in my head as a kid. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, now's the time. Like, I can't keep waiting. Like, I can't have that detox mentality. Like, trying to perfect it, you know. It is what it is when I want to release it, you know. What are, what are some of the things you're working on now? Man, like I said, I'm working on the merch. Um, what else? I want to open up my own camera shop. Oh, no in way. The next couple of, in the next couple of months when all this shit clears up. You know, um, what else? What else? What else? My own scholarship dedicated to my mother. Um, what else? Camera shop sounds dope. Make sure yeah. you develop film for really greasy Camera prices. accessories, yeah. 
I'm gonna be selling camera accessories, like uh, I'm gonna be selling the camera straps, and I'm gonna donate some of the proceeds to my mother's scholarship. That's cool. You know, everything I do, like every time I want to sell something, I want to donate. I want to, I want to donate proceeds to something. Mm. Like even like mental health, like I want to run a marathon on like mental health, like for mental health. Mm -hmm. You know, like just to spread that awareness. Like at the end of the day, it's like that's how you become better at what you do. You know, just spreading that awareness of what you've been through and just letting people know your story. You know, hopefully inspiring somebody. That's my main goal for this shit, man, because when I was younger, I was that kid, you know, when they, people raised their hand, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said I wanted to be an astronaut because I was afraid to say that I wanted to be an artist because I never really saw any prominent artists at the time, you know? Yeah. If they were, if they was prominent artists, they was dead because of, like, a drug overdose or something. You know, like you see the Jean Michel Basquiat's, and like it's a sad know? life when you really look at it. Yeah, it's a sad life, but like you don't have to live like that. You don't. There's no blueprint for this shit. You don't got to be a dick just because, uh, what's his name was, uh, the Apple or Steve Jobs was. Yeah. You know, you don't got just because that's how, that's just who he was. Yeah. No, definitely, man. So, I mean, that's where I've really been at with it. I've just been trying to inspire people. You know, that was my goal, man. When I first started this shit. You're I was so charitable. Like, Jesus, I feel like I don't have a charitable bone in my body, but you're so charitable in everything you do. <laughs> I try my best, man, because I know how it feels. Feels you know? what? I know how it feels to be le like have less than, mm -hmm. you know. After my mother passed, basically, I didn't really have too much anything. You know, I had to work for a lot of the stuff I got. You know, yeah. just just read. I had to read a lot. You know, I had to do a lot. I had to do a lot of everything. Cause like I said, I was spoiled up to that point, so had to make up for a lot of shit. Like I'm still learning shit to this day. You know, luckily I have my godmother in my life and I live with her, and you know she teaches me a lot of things that I, I mean, probably learning learn. never stops, man. If the day you stop learning, I think that's the day you start dying, dude. Yeah. Like if you lose curious passion for something, it's kind of like then what are you doing? What are you yeah. living for? That's that's how old people become senile is because they stop using their brain. No, definitely, man. It's like every day you get up, man, you either getting better or you're getting worse mm. you know that's kind of even if it's degree better yeah even just a little bit better yeah you know it's like it's like workload you know like i fucking hate editing youtube videos i love making this shit yeah but that's that's my kryptonite is sitting and editing these videos i hate it but i know the more i do it the better i'll get and the yeah. faster i'll get yeah and the more workload i can do yeah like, i can't just sit and edit all day because i just can't yeah but slowly i can do it slowly you can do it. slowly you can edit photos all day slowly you can build that brand make that yeah, merge it's a muscle it your is, brain is dude. a muscle it is dude it's just a muscle mm -hmm. it's like you just gotta get your reps in every day learn something new yeah i've been learning a lot about you were talking about spirituality that's actually something that i've been really tapping into and i did i did a breath work class yeah you ever heard of that yeah that, that dude i'm not gonna lie that kind of changed my life like i, I had i had a crazy awakening like what you do is I did a group one and I did some video work for this guy and he does breath work. And I was like, you know, I'm doing all this work for you. I was like, can I come to your class tonight? I was like, I feel like for me to edit this video, it'll make more sense if I experience this. Yeah. Cause how else? And so I went to the class and dude, like you, what you do is you breathe, you breathe in twice. So one through your belly, one through your chest and you breathe out fast. And you, and you keep doing that. You keep doing that. And it's weird wow. because you're laying down on your back and you're like, you're in like a nice environment that smells very hippie. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, you have this kind of guy guiding you and all of a sudden he just says, keep breathing, keep breathing. 
you start thinking about everyone else's breath, but then you start going inside. And then all of a sudden, like I started noticing, I was like, my hands are tingly. I was like, what the fuck's happening? I was like, my feet are tingly. Yeah. And the next thing you know, is like, I forgot about everyone else. I forgot that I was in a room with other people. I forgot about breathing. I'm like, my hands, they tensed up like, like a crab almost. And I, I remember thinking to myself and I was still breathing. I think to myself, I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever move my hands to get away from this. Like, I don't know if I'll ever have normal hands again. Hmm. But I remember telling myself, I was like, you know, but I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper. I may not be scared and stop yeah. here. So I just kept breathing. I kept breathing. And then about like, once I got past everything, and I forgot about my hands. I forgot about everyone else. I was like, I started like tripping out. It was weird. I, I started like tripping out. I started thinking about like stuff that was affecting me that I didn't know. Like, I, I'll just say like, I thought about the connection with like my mom and I was yeah. like, damn you know I, I grew up with my mom but i was never close to her yeah. you can grow up in the same house with someone but never really know them or never be close to them Facts. and it made me think i was like like even now like i tear up thinking about it because it's like it's still real and it's like damn like it that was something i never realized i had never thought about that myself but it yeah. took me doing this breath class and i had other sorts of ideas but that was like the biggest thing that i got out of it and i was like i called my mom the next day and i was like hey could we go on a hike just me and you you know yeah but like it was because of breath work and i was just completely changed after that's that. beautiful yeah it's nuts dude you probably was about to crack your kundalini <laughs> <laughs> isn't that like your clitoris what are you talking about What's no your no kundalini? kundalini no it's like energy like it's like oh. energy in your spine and it's like i think it's like negative energy i don't really know too much about it i haven't really dived like deep on it but that's what it kind of sounds like. Like people, like they go through like a serious awakening when they crack their kundalini. Mm. It's like you just can't go back like after that. Like it's like it bit. comes, like it comes out of like it's like an energy force that comes out of your body. Like yeah. it's, it's wild as shit. It's like all some Doctor Strange shit. No, like I mean stuff like that's real, man. <laughs> stuff like that's real. Yeah, no, it is. It really is real, man. And it's like even since I was a younger, I was a younger man. I wanted to do ayahuasca and like DMT. Have you done it yet? No, I haven't. I will need to you? go on a retreat. No, I will. I will definitely one day. Yeah, I want to do it too. Not gonna lie. Definitely, man. I definitely want to go on like a retreat in like Peru or something and do like DMT or ayahuasca <laughs> and just like figure shit out. Have you done shrooms? No, I have not done. Sh- I have not done anything. Oh yeah, you are straight edge. Like, yeah, but nothing. you're open to doing them yeah. given the right like circumstance. Yeah, no, definitely, man. Um, I definitely want to experiment more with like. I guess psychedelics, maybe something that can like open me up like more spiritually. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I do feel like I vibrate at a higher dimension because <laughs> my guy, he's with the shits. Amir, did you just bust out some shrooms? <laughs> nah, he didn't. No, nah, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> those are some Altoids. Hey, those are Altoids. Yeah. Yeah, those are Altoids. This man's ready. <laughs> <laughs> you want to have that experience right now, Sean? Right. Like, no, I gotta drive. <laughs> Imagine driving off the shrooms, though. Like, oh my god! I will say, if you ever do, just make sure you're outside or with some friends or something. Yeah, don't don't just be like in a basement somewhere. Like, be in a place where you're like ready. Um, I have a friend that had a really bad trip though, because yeah. he thought he was an orange and he felt like he had to pill himself. <laughs> Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, that's nuts. That's a little wild. He thought he was an orange, and he felt like he had to peel himself. He started, he started scratching his skin off. Or I don't know what he started doing, but when he told me that, I was just like, "Damn, I might not want to do this because I might think I'm an orange <laughs> when nah, I take." <laughs> I mean, it depends on. I think it depends on the mental state. I feel like someone like you, like you, just come off as like that kind of person who could handle it. Yeah. Like you come off as someone who, who who would like have a good experience. Yeah, man. I definitely. 
want to do that and probably acid a few times. Mike Tyson did acid. So Mike Tyson's a space cadet. Yeah. That man gets. <laughs> he gets blitzed. He gets baked. He gets DMT. He does everything, dude. Yeah, bro. Mike Tyson is, is crazy. Just never forget, Mike Tyson owned owns Tigers. Never, nice. never forget that. Yeah, you're right. He owned Tigers. <laughs> dude, I heard his podcast on Joe Rogan talking about. Bro. Did you listen to that one <laughs> yes, too? bro. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't believe that. And then I, I remember I heard someone else's story about Mike Tyson having tigers. Like, dude, I forget, I think it was like Brian Callenden or something like that, whatever his name is. He was saying how he, he pulled up to Mike Tyson's house. Like, this was Mike Tyson's prime. Yeah. And there was like a tiger in the front yard. And, and Mike Tyson was trying to tell everyone to get out of their cars to come inside. Oh, my <laughs> And God. he's just like, he's like, dude fear was at a thousand percent there's a fucking tiger right there that could rip my face off and he's like mike just comes down and just starts wrestling with it and then brings it inside i was like yeah man but i feel like animals man animals are different man they read intention too they do it's no point of being scared you know like even like growing up like my uncle used to like breed like cane corsos like big ass dogs they're like big ass dogs um man i was a baby man and i was playing with them you know but i mean i wasn't scared of them you know, I had no reason to really be scared of him. You know, why would you be scared of it? So, I mean, I think even with fear, like if I see a stray dog come towards me, I'm not going to run. Like, you know, I mean, if they bite me, I mean, you know, cool. I'll just go to the hospital after. It's not really that serious. So know? where are you right now with photography? Like what what's sort of like inspiring you now? Like what are you looking for? Like have you gotten on the film wave? Like how are you feeling with all that stuff? Man, with photography, man, I'm thinking, man, I want to get more into film. To medium format to be exact. Oh, do medium format so beautiful. Yeah, like I bought me like a um I bought me a, a light meter and all that, man. So I want to do more medium format studio work and then like more medium format uh landscape work too. Because mm. uh, I travel I travel often too, so you know, I just want to document these landscapes that I, I get, you know, that I'm able to go to. What'd you get for a medium format camera? I haven't gotten one yet. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at yet. a uh, Mamiya RB67. Yeah, the Mamiya seemed to be like the thing to get. I think it's Mamiya. I don't know. It's Mamiya. Oh, it's Mamiya. It's Mamiya. Some of the YouTubers I watch who do medium format stuff, I'm like, they, there's a specific model of Mamiya that they're all just like, this is the best Mamiya. <laughs> I think it might be the 6.7. I don't remember. Yeah. Because um, every time I look at it, I'm just like, I can't afford that. I feel right. like all of it is the same, though, man. At the end of the day, it's like, I don't care what film you're using, what camera you're using. If you know how to compose and take a good shot right? and, and know how to use your lighting, Bingo. it doesn't matter if it's Bingo. medium format, if it's 35, if it's 120, Bingo. if it's a freaking Nikon Coolpix. It, a good Bingo. photo is a good photo. That's what I tell people, man. That's how you know you're a professional. If you can pick up literally anything and shoot with it mm-hmm. and get the job done. You know, people are like, how do you know if you're a professional? You know you're a professional if you can pick up anything and just shoot with it. Yeah, a lot. I hate when photographers get stuck in the idea, ooh, it's got more megapixels. Yeah. Ooh, it's got a lower f-stop. I'm just like, bro, that means you're going to use up more RAM editing. Yeah. Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, now you just got more gear to walk around with. Yeah, it's just you like, want that lens You want to travel as light as possible. Mm. Like, it's crazy, bro. People be wanting to carry around all this fucking gear. Speaking of which, let me, let me go ahead and pick your brain here for some concert photographers who I'm yeah. sure are probably pretty inspired for you. What are your tips for concert photographers or people looking to get into or people just into it like what's some kind of tips or advice you have man um all black um talk to security we're all black yeah we're all black talk Mm -hmm. to security um you know just let them know why you're there and what you're doing like try to build a rapport with them you know because a lot of people they go in and they just go in like raising hell 
Mm. It's always that miscommunication there with security and um, photographers. Like, because I mean, it happened to me, man. It happened to me for like four or five years. So recently, man, I was at the Her Festival and a security guard, he, before I even like walked over to the media pit, she's like, yeah, you can't shoot right now. I'm like, bro, I'm not even shooting. Like, my artist has already performed. Like, chill the fuck out. Um, He's just like, oh, my bad. And like a couple of moments later, man, he uh, he leaned over and he apologized to me. He was just like, man, I'm sorry. It's just been photographers coming in and out of here all day. That's been trying to like finesse and finagle me, you know. I appreciate you for not trying to take advantage of me. But if you want, you can come in and shoot just because you did that. You know, and I was just like, you know what? I mean, I'm good because my client is right here. So, but I really appreciate that, you know, and I definitely pass it along to other photographers that, man, just talk to security. You know, they're people too. Like, even security at the Fillmore, man. Like, people always get disagreements with security at the Fillmore, but, man, they're just doing their job. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. I mean, it's life. Seems like they're your toughest enemy when you're at the concert or at the yeah. venue. Yeah, you know, but everybody's a hero in their story. Yeah. You know, everybody's <laughs> just trying to do their job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. So, be, so, we're all black. Talk to security. Talk to security. Um, two bodies, if you can. Two bodies? Yeah, two bodies. Telephoto and wide, mm. if you can. Um, that way you're not changing your lens that, during a important moment. Yeah, yeah. If you can. And if you can't... What do you rock when you're at a... With, like, your, your setup? So my gear, man. Um, What do I rock, man? The D5 on one side. The D850 on the other. 24 to 70 and 7200. Perfect. I might bring my D4S and use it for a chest rig. And I might have the 35 millimeter on it for my uh, D4S. Mm. So that way I'm just kind of getting all aspects. Like uh, telephoto, wide, and um, prime. You know, so... Yeah, shoot. I wish I want to see more photographers, like more concert photographers, shoot prime. So I feel like it seems like switching the lenses would be so so difficult. It is. It is, bro. It is. It definitely <laughs> is. I went through it for a while until you got that first zoom lens. Yeah, I mean, even that, but just like um, until I got my second body, I was in the pit with just one camera, <sighs> and there were like thirty motherfuckers trying to shoot the same artist. And like trying to sit your bag down so you can change, you can go through it and find another lens oh. to put on it, bro. It seems like you don't even, do you even want a bag? Bags are cool. Or you don't want to be reaching into your bag during that. You don't really want to be reaching into your bag during a performance. But if you have to, like me, I don't give a fuck. So I'll set up probably on a speaker. You know, I'll set up on a speaker <laughs> and I'll just, you know, fix everything. But I mean, as long as you got the space, you can do it. But if you're in a way and you're trying to make it happen, like, nah, I don't do that. So we're all black. Talk security. Just know the context bodies. too. Know the contacts. Know the con. Know the context. Like the like the context of like the uh, not the context, but or I the guess context you could say or the context. 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 I mean, not really context. Maybe just the surroundings. Because mm-hmm. if you got eighty people in a pit, then like you don't need to be going there trying to switch your lens or, you know, you don't you don't want to go in there like that. So my thing is get there as early as possible, you know, and just figure out. Figure out what you're getting yourself into. Mm. I mean, or you can do what I do. Like, I mean, I'm crazy. Like I said, like, sometimes I just go in the pits because, I mean, I'm me. I just go in that joint. I just try my best to make it happen. Hardcore song just, like, pops in my head. Fuck the pit up. Yeah. Yeah. Like some hardcore music stuff. Like I said, man, I played basketball, man. I was playing basketball with Pamas. 
Bro, I was playing. I was a center. I was a center, and I was like five four maybe. I was going up against like six foot centers. Jesus. And my coach, man, my coach, because I was too slow, man. I was too slow to play point guard, and my coach was just like, man, when you go up, man, just come down with elbows, dead flutter. And I've been taking that advice ever since. I get a flagrant foul every play, but fuck it. That ball is getting to the point guard some type of way, you know? What about when it comes to, like, I don't know how to say finessing, but operating backstage and, and kind of meeting and getting close to these bigger artists? Don't look lost. Just don't look lost. Look like you belong there? Yeah, just look like you belong there. Like, just just don't be on your phone for more than five minutes and don't be looking around trying to figure out where to go. Just go there. And if you're in the wrong spot, just turn around. Like... I know it's vague, kind of, but just don't be wandering, you know? Yeah, because that's who gets questioned. Yeah, they're just like, yo, like, where's your credential? Yeah. If you move in 24-7, they don't even have enough. Like, they, they're not going to be fast enough to catch you. Mm. You know, you got to be fast. You got to be fast and stretch. Stretch, too. Because I didn't stretch, and I was just going ham for, like, three or four years straight shooting. Like... Back when I used to shoot like five events, well, not even five, like maybe like 10 or 15 events a week. Yeah, I used to shoot 10 or 15 events a week for free. God damn. So I put the work in, but I didn't stretch. And I got tendonitis because of it. It's known as runner's knee. So it's like I wasn't able to bend my knee for a while. And I had to take some time off from shooting. But me being hard-headed, I was still trying to shoot. And like one day, my knee gave out on me, and I broke my main camera. (gasps) Yeah, I broke my baby. I broke my main camera um, because I didn't listen and I didn't stretch. So stretch and ice, this shit really is a workout. I got runner's knee off of it. Sounds so. like sounds like be in decent shape and stretch if you're going to be doing this. Yeah, of course, bro. Fit photographers, like do that shit. Like run a marathon. Like It's real. I don't yeah. think realize that being fit and being a photographer will really help you. Yeah, not for real. Like be, being able to crouch. Especially when shit hits the fan and you got to go through those riots. <laughs> Like, you can jump on stage off your vert. <laughs> like, for real. Swoop. Yeah, like, you good. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. Ain't no one helping up a fat dude, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he laying down, no. you're like, oh, man, that's why, I'm that's, sorry, dog. That's you why can't I even hoping. jump in this car. Like, yeah. you can't even jump in this car. You're too big. Yeah, that's why I was helping people get over the fence, because nobody would help me get over it. <laughs> like, don't nobody want to lift me. I don't even want nobody to lift me over this fence. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, if I get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get shish kebab on top of this bad boy. Um, no, I'm just gonna take this bullet. Exactly. Let's just, let's just, let's risk it. Final destination. He probably only has 12 bullets in there, anyways. I'll be all right. All right. Exactly. What is, what are the odds? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like final destination or some shit. Like if I go on this fence and just get impaled. <laughs> well, dude, it seems like you've really kind of broken out of the DC box of photography. Can't exist. I had to. Can't flourish. I had to. Yeah. I had to, man. It's a glass ceiling, man. I had to. If I didn't, then I wouldn't. I wouldn't survive, bro. Cause like I had to travel and I had to learn how to function outside of DC, just so I can try to like. My goal is to actually bring these perspectives back and just introduce them, you know, to mm-hmm. the community. You know. Well, thank you for coming on, cause I feel like even your perspective on this podcast, will, I think, what can be very illuminating to people. Yeah, man. Rising tide, you know, raises all ships. Mm-hmm. So. I try my best in that capacity just to make it known. And there's a lot of amazing rising tides coming out of the city right now. I don't yeah. know how else to describe it, but we're on a bit of a pause right now. But the ships are rising because you people like you are the tides. Yeah, man. I feel like, man, we're going through like 
a phase where like people of influence are more like more so off some like we shit. Mm, yeah, there's a lot Instead of unity. Of I, you know, synergy. Like people starting to realize synergy is, is better than energy. Mm. You know, synergy, man. As a collective, we can get more done versus me just trying to handle something. I like that. That's why I made. That's why I made the the group community of creatives, so people can come and get people can come together and get inspired. How can someone get a get in contact with that or become a part of that? You just reach out to the IG community of creatives. Yeah, community dot of dot creatives. Okay. Yeah. Anything else that people should know about? Um. What else? What else, man? That's pretty much all I got, man. I'm off like an hour of sleep. So. Hey, well, Sean, <laughs> dude, thank you for your energy. It's the end. You want to keep rapping? Yeah. Oh. I mean, what time is it, bro? I mean, I don't know. I was just getting excited. I didn't know how are you it's feeling? Five twenty. It's five twenty-six, bro. All I right, ain't got good. nowhere to like seven, like six. All right, yeah, I, can, I can rap some more. I just didn't know how you were feeling about I that you, one. Yeah, man. It felt like a natural ending point, but I would happily keep talking shit with you. I mean, I don't mind, bro. I don't get I don't get these platforms to talk anyway. I mean, I am kind of like the only one in the city where they doing it like this. So yeah, so, yeah. You know, I'm trying out here. Yeah, this reminds me of like Joe Rogan's joint. I mean, he's one of my. He's one of my big influences. Yeah. Adam 22 is a big one too. Yeah. 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 Dope. Yeah. I, I, I just like that. Just that, that like structure. Yeah. You know, you just talk to someone like I, I don't have to do a crazy amount of research on you. I just look at your socials, look at you. And then I'm just like, all right, this is what I'm naturally curious about, you yeah. know? And it's so funny this whole time. I ha- like you kind of have these mental talk points. You hit every single one. I'm like, all right, cool. This is dope. Oh, shit. Yeah, I was like, I was like, anime, Ari Lennox, cosmetic photography. I was like, damn, this man just—he does it for me. I was like, he knows how to talk through an interview. This is great, <laughs> man. This is dope, man. Like, I swear, had you asked me to do this like last year, I would have been like, hell no. Nah. So check this out. <laughs> last year, I had China on here, Made in China on here. I remember. That's how I found out about. So I was, I was literally choosing at that when it happened. I was, I was like, do I choose Sean or China? And at that. T- and at that point, I was just like, I don't know. I don't really know Sean. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. And I remember I met you outside like not too long ago. Yeah. And I was like, yo, you need to have him on the show. You need to have him on the show. And I was just like, I don't know yet. Because some, sometimes it doesn't feel right. Like, no offense yeah. to you, but I was yeah, just like, yeah. it didn't feel right. No, I try to keep it like that. Like I said, I'd be trying to be unapproachable. Mm-hmm. Like, no, not know. that I thought you were unapproachable. I thought you were a nice dude. I just yeah. thought that l- me looking at you, like, I was just like, I don't know if it's the time yet. Or even like mysterious. Like, I don't really be wanting to know. Well, I don't really don't be wanting people to know what I got going on until like they see they see mm. it and you know into fruition i like that concept where it's like don't what is it don't talk about the ifs talk, show show them the results don't talk about yeah. the results yeah that's the biggest thing for me yeah man 48 laws club 48 laws of power yep that's a that's a crazy book yeah i know i mean the thing is man i read it at a really young age but since i wasn't like a conniving person i just read it so i can recognize the laws mm. when they're being used on me so just perspective that's a that's a book I definitely want to look back. There's I want to go back to the other book that uh, uh, what was it Andrew Carnegie commissioned. It's the uh, How to Win Friends, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah, by Napoleon Hill. No, that's that's Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, that's a really good. That book really impacted me too, man. And then Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert T Kiyosaki. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, that one really helped me out too. A book that I really love too is this book called Getting More. Hmm. That one it was like the art of negotiating and sales and just how to get more out of business and life. That was a really good book for me. Man, too. that's live, bro. I'm gonna definitely look into it, man. Uh, have you read The Alchemist? Well, you probably have. I no, like I haven't. Really? I've heard so many references to that Paulo Coelho book or, or however that guy's name. I've heard so many references. But I don't I know how to say it either. I don't know how to. 
<laughs> wait, wait, isn't it? Is it Deepak Chopra? What did he write? Nah, Deepak Chopra wrote uh, the Seven Spiritual Laws. I think. That, okay, that's what it that's is. That's a really good book. I've heard a lot about that's that a, one too. Bro, bro, that's a shout, shout, shout to man. Shout out to Orlando, bro. Orlando <laughs> from Gravity, bro. He gave me that book. Well, he recommended me that book like a while back, man. And um, man, that was a book I actually kept in my camera bag wherever I took it because it's so little, but man, it's so fucking powerful, bro. It's such a powerful book. It's only like 120 pages. You can read it in one sitting in probably like an hour. Damn. But it's so straightforward. Like, it's so straight to the point. Like, it just tells you what you need to do. Mm. And I'm just like, bro, this is ideal for if, like, I'm on a train. Like, if I'm on a metro or, like, if I'm on a flight, like a a flight to, like, New York or something Mm -hmm. or, like, a flight to Atlanta. You know, I can read this. Yeah, that's. I remember Russ talked about that book. Yeah, he's the one who was like, he's like, yeah, I read Deepak Chopra and it changed my life. I was like, oh shit, yeah. not definitely, man. Deepak Chopra is is the man, you know. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like those books a lot. What do you think about like the photography situation in DC? What are your, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's cool, man. But we need, we need. Um, how can I say this? Uh, I feel like we need OGs because I feel like um, when I first started out, I didn't really have anybody I could go to for advice, or I didn't really have any shoes that I could like fill in or I can walk, I can walk in. So pretty much, I feel like now we're making like we're building the blueprint for this shit to like for it to work. So I mean, I feel like we're in a really good space creatively because we can literally do whatever we want and then that be deemed as right or wrong mm. because we know we don't really know the outcome of it. You know, it's just like say for example, like with me doing the merch, I don't know if it's gonna flop or not because another photographer from the city hasn't really, not that I know of, they haven't really done merch outside of like Gravity. Yeah, I agree with that notion hundred percent. There, there are no prominent old photographers or OGs like you said who you could look at and ask them questions like, how do I run the game? How do I do this? Yeah, it's like nobody's really teaching the game. You know, like a lot of the game I learned was from like, I don't know, like watching motivational videos by rappers like <laughs> watching like motivational rap videos on youtube where like 50 cent was talking about some gems that he might have spit on like pharrell like just talking about his creative process and like man i learned about um i learned about concert photography and how to go about doing it and sticking out from it by just veraccio by reading mastery by robert green because veraccio Ooh, wow. was like the first painter and where he lived at. I forgot where he stayed at, but he was the first painter back then to draw angels' wings in uh, detail. So that made him stick out from a lot of the um, a lot of the other painters at the time. So I was just like, damn, how can I make myself stick out from these concert photographers right now? And I was like, all right, so you know what I'm going to do, man? Most of these concert photographers, they shoot at F2.8, and they work at, like, ISO, like, maybe... 640 and they have like a little bit of shutter lag and um what else and like their colors are not as vivid so i started editing my pictures in visco and i started shooting at f4 and i started shooting at like iso like 15 no 1600 so i mean i bumped my settings up and they added a little bit of grain and it kind of gave you that visco portrait effect on a concert photo oh that's pretty much how i looked at it and that's like the big aesthetic right now it's like the film sort of grainy rapper like that's like the yeah. rapper aesthetic right now yeah so man what i really did man back then man i was just like yo i need to do everything that everybody else is not doing mm-hmm. was that something you learned from the mastery book from robert yeah. green yeah 
Is that something he talks about? Is what are you doing that they're not doing? Not really, but like that's kind of what I got out of the Veraccio story. Ah. That's how he stuck out from it. Then like the ten thousand hours thing too, like just constantly practicing. Like I said, I did fifteen events a week at the least, free for free, for like three or four years. I, I yeah. did a similar thing when I started photography. I was just I literally shot four or five times on a weekend because I had a day job. Yeah, just shooting with bloggers for free because I wanted to get better at fashion photography. Yeah. That's just that's a a big element is working for free when you're trying to learn something. Yeah, man. Especially with photography, you can't charge a wife for some shit you don't know about. (laughs) Right. So I mean, you can get away with it, but it's gonna catch up to you. It's like when you think about it, people go to school for four years to learn something just so they can get an entry level job. So it's like, who do you think you are to charge someone when you started like a month ago? I did that though. I did. I mean, we all probably did some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? I flopped at one point. Like I had people call me on it, and like luckily they called me on it because I was like. 17 or 18 at the time and like nigga, why is you why are you charging me 120 dollars for a shoot like what do you what bills do you have like what's your resume what's, what's your portfolio looking like <laughs> and i couldn't answer him because i ain't have one you just you know? need a, you just it's like that's how much i'm trying to charge yeah that's just uh, that's just my price like i was like yeah you got a point you know i've been finessing people up to this point <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to keep it real with yourself, though, man. Like, a lot of people, man, they talk about being real. You got to be real with yourself first. You can't just be real with everybody else. You gotta yeah, be real. that's really, that's, that's a fucking true one, man. Yeah, you got to G-check yourself sometimes. You got to look in the mirror like, yo, like, that shit ain't right. You need to get that together. I do that at least, like, once or one or two times every week. You got to work on yourself. Like, man, you got your shadow self, dog. Mm. Your shadow self, man. You shadow boxing with your shadow self. I can't hear my bad, bro. I can't even hear you. Self-scout. <laughs> yes, you said self-scout? Self-scout. All right, dope. I'm about to look that term up. See, I don't know none I, of I the technical even, terms. <laughs> I, I always just call it getting baked, and what, what what do I look at myself? Like, this This is how it happens for me. I get baked, and I'll feel self-conscious about things. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what I'm worried about. It's weird. Yeah. Like, there's been times where I've made big decisions, and I was like, I need a different perspective, but in my life, I actually don't have a lot of people with perspectives I can count on, if yeah. any. So I was like, I'm my own judge and jury. So I was like, let me just get really big to see how I feel about it. Come to the right decision. Man, man, the big thing that the four agreements taught me was that if you got to argue with yourself, the most likely you're in the wrong. Ooh. You feel me? Like, four agreements. Yeah, yeah that, four agreements. That's a Deepak one, right? Yeah. Nah, that's, uh, that's Ron M. Guez, like he has some type of like I think his last name starts with like a G. Ah, I forgot man. That was the second book Russ recommended was was the Deepak Chopra book and yeah, the Four Agreements. Yeah, man, the Four Agreements, man, really helped me out with some things. Cause man, I was going through some shit. I was going through some shit at the time, um, and like my bad, he just kind of threw me off a little bit. Who is that? I don't even know who is that. <laughs> who, who is that? Oh yeah, I want to have him on here sometime. <laughs> My guy. Let me be nice to Kelly Tools. What's up, Kelly Tools? <laughs> I can't hear me for shit. It's fucking. I'm dead. But yeah, man, like, uh, it just taught me, man. It's interesting. If you have to argue with yourself, then it's probably not the right idea. Yeah, you know, if you feel like, I don't know, if you feel like you're bullshit, then most likely you are. Ooh. Like, if you gotta have a conversation with yourself, like, yo, am I really bullshitting? Then you probably are. If you got to ask yourself that and like even down to how people feel about you, you shouldn't be offended if you don't agree with it. Mm. So if you take offense to somebody calling you a hypocrite, most likely you are because Mm. you agree with it. You know, and the more you agree with it, it's like a spell, like the more it manifests. And it's just like 
if you agree with it, then you need to figure out how to get rid of it. Mm. You know? So. That's true. You're so woke for someone who's so damn young, dude. Man, I try my best, man. What the hell, dude? <laughs> Sit back and watch me do me. Yeah, facts. Amir just said it in the words of Jay-Z, sit back and watch me do me. <laughs> now, dude, you woke as fuck for 23, dude. When I was 23, I was not, I had no idea. It just, it just seems like if I would have skipped out on college, I'd been more woke. <laughs> Man, I'm trying to tell you, bro. College is not the wave anymore, though. Yeah, I mean. Unless you need it. Unless yeah, you unless need you need it. it. But what, like, what are you trying to tell me? Man, it's like, I swear to God, if my life wasn't as crazy as it was, then I wouldn't, this wouldn't be a product of me. Like, I wouldn't be. A product of you thinking that I'm woke, like I would probably be some. I don't, I don't mean that in an offensive way, by the way. No, 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 I mean that like in a self-aware dude. You literally have the perfect like movie mm-hmm. script life so far, and you're only 23. Man, that's how I try to live my life, man. You know, I try to live my life like somebody's like following me with a camera. Like that's why that's I an interesting take... way to approach it. I yeah. like that. It's like it's like would you yeah. do that if someone was following you with a camera? Yeah, it's like yo, somebody's always watching, bro. Like if someone was watching right now, what would they think of you? Always watching. Somebody's always getting inspired by you. Somebody's like there's eyes on you like twenty four seven. Like even yourself, like even how you feel about yourself, like well, you know, I like the idea of like if if you imagine that someone was always filming you, how how would your actions? Bro, change? that's why I take so many risks, bro. I'm like yo, I can't have a boring story. Like, and if I fail, then fuck it. That's going to be in the story, too. Like, hopefully somebody learn from it, you Damn. know? That's kind of how I, like, live my life. Like, if I if Noisy was to do a write-up on me, like, like yo, he has a wild-ass yeah, story. Yeah, you're waiting for that, aren't you? You yeah. want that Noisy? Yeah, hell you, you yeah. Want, you want that, uh, what is it, a complex feature? <laughs> uh-huh. the, that You ever seen in Gunner Stalls? 22, <laughs> 22-year-old photographers raps biggest next thing hey, yo, or some shit Gunner like Stall that. reminds me of One Punch Man. He just, he just be like this. He just be like this. <laughs> he, he seems more serious than you. Like that man seems Bro, more woke than you. Like he's, he's like hilarious. he seems like so serious and funny. But like yeah, he, one punch man. It's a good if way one to punch put man him. was a photographer, he would be gonna stole. Yeah, I, have you met him? <laughs> I haven't, man. I haven't not, yet. To him, not man. yet. Not yet. No, not yet. I man. can't wait for that meeting. I can't wait to meet him, bro. That's gonna be the biggest anime crossover or whatever oh year that God. is. <laughs> That's gonna be so funny. <laughs> Oh my god. If you meet him, man. tell him to be on my show, by the way. I got you. No, yeah. definitely, man. Yeah. But I don't know, man. Famous photographers, man, they be acting kind of weird. Do they? Hell yeah. I mean, you don't got to name names, Hell but yeah. tell me about this. Hell this yeah, man. They be acting weird as shit. <laughs> like, and it's like, like, like I mean, because cool? I kind of have, like, like I said, like, if I'm in an anime, I'm probably Naruto. Like, I'm really, like, I guess, like, I, I'm really, like, friendly to people. Mm-hmm. So people, when they see how friendly I am, they take me as this guy that's not talented. For some reason, people relate some people relate um talent to like how friendly you are i guess i don't know if you're mean they no, think I, that you're super talented like i know you're arrogant that is a weird thing that we it's do it's weird as fuck why though. do we do that it's weird as fuck though man but like i've met famous photographers that i've like admired over the years and like they treat me like shit and i'm just like all right i mean i mean that's cool but like i can outshoot you you know, put your money where your mouth is. Like, I Damn. mean, that's that's where I be at with it. Like, I don't be really wanting bump from people, but like, it is what it is. How, like, how would a photographer go about one v oneing someone? How would that even happen? What's I it? mean, is it like we get the same model, same yeah, location? Uh, yeah, is that how it happens? Yeah, that's how. Yeah, like you yeah. want to one v one me? You, you, whatever your gear you have, I got my yeah. gear. We're gonna have the same fact, model, same look, same location. Who has the most fire shots? Exactly. Who can who can direct? 
Damn, exactly. that's a YouTube concept exactly. right there. One v one ing. Exactly. <laughs> oh shit, that's scary. Exactly. That's real scary, bro. Exactly, bro. Cause everybody, man, they be getting that. They let that fame go to their head, and I'm like, yo, are you actually talented? Oof. Or do you just have like a crazy team behind you? Yeah. How much of the edit are you responsible for? Right. Do you send your edit to the people overseas, and they just they throw some layer on it for you, or like? Do you actually do your shit yourself? Well, the thing is that big photographers do have teams, though. Like, they kind of have to. Like, Annie Leibovitz, I know she's a yeah. big inspiration for you. Like, she's yeah. got a whole fucking squad yeah. behind her. Yeah, nah, definitely. Definitely. She definitely does. But, like, I feel like before you get a team, you need to know how to do everything you want to ask somebody else to do. Oh, 100%. Because when shit hits the fan, yo, you got to be able to do that shit yourself. That's so true. If you can't do it yourself, it's like, well, what do you even do and have someone else? Exactly. I agree. Exactly. And you're a big Leibowitz yeah. fan too. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he's busting out the Mario Testino book. Yeah, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's hip, son. I can't believe he got me too. Too, it sucks. <laughs> he's breaking the fourth wall like shit. Who? <laughs> my guy, man. Amir. Amir, Amir, right? Yeah, he's breaking the fourth wall. It's funny, right? Because it's like it's like <laughs> it's like you're talking to something else, right? Yeah. This is character on My Hero Academia that uh, well, Academia that breaks the fourth wall a lot. Like there'll be a scene where everybody's like looking this way, and he'll like look over. But it's like super subtle though. But it's like he's just he just trolls the I whole. I don't think I've noticed that, bro. It's the guy with the belly button. Oh, with the star belly button. Yeah, that comes out of bro. His he's, if he's, you he's look, like, bro, it's whole threads on Twitter of him just looking over at the camera and just doing a Stevie J face. Like, that's hilarious. He's just like he's just like. Bro, it's hilarious, bro, because he's just sitting there looking all awkward. And it's just like, dog, like, nobody is peeping this. And they did a whole thread on it. I was dying, bro. I, I, I never noticed that. It's so funny. I just thought his power is hilarious because he always gets like, he's like, oh, my stomach hurts oh whenever he goodness, blasts too bro. much. So he's funny. pure comedic relief, bro. Like I always like, I always thought the, the guy with the <laughs> sticky things that come off of his head, oh, yeah. like, just like, he was the funny relief, too, because he's like perverted. Yeah. And he's always like looking at the boobies and stuff, and he's trying to get closer, oh but he never God. can. I hope he becomes important at some point in the series. I hope so too. Cause like I don't know. After a while, they might treat him like you. You remember Dragon Ball Lunch? What? Lunch was this character in Dragon Ball. And they got rid of her because of Kira Toriyama. He for, actually started forgetting about her. <laughs> yeah, he he forgot about her. He was just <laughs> like fuck. They was like yo. So what happened to Lunch? And he was just he was like oh shit. Like I just forgot He's to like, write about her. I don't even know. Yeah, he's just like fuck. Like I forgot to write about her, yo. Like I completely forgot about her, dude. After we get the podcast, I'm gonna tell you about some some animes. We gotta like refer each other. Like, yeah, yeah, I like yeah. these books you've been talking about. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna give you some good animes, dude. Okay, some shit that you'd be quarantined. Okay. We got we got some time. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm gonna give you some stuff that you can be like, holy shit, Bruce knows what's up. Yeah, no, definitely, man. You read comics? I don't read the comics or read comics at all. Man, bro, you gotta get into comics, bro. See. I used to be more into it when I lived in Norfolk, Virginia, mm. because there was a comic book shop right down the block from me that was like the comic book nerds who got laid. Like it was like it was tight. Like the presentation was dope. Everyone was really cool. It was super approachable. But I don't even know of a comic book shop around here. You say where the comic book guy got laid? I yeah, thought I zoned out for a second. Because like there's dope. Th there's like comic book stores that you walk into and you're like, no one in this room fucks. But then there's some comic book stores you walk into that are just like interior interior designed well, and it's yeah. like has an aesthetic and a look, and you're like, this guy fucks. Like, <laughs> like you that's know. dope as fuck though. I think it's super dope when people can be themselves and like be timeless with it. You know, mm -hmm. like I think Andre three thousand, Andre three thousand talk, talked about it. He spoke about it in, a, in an interview recently, man. And he was just talking about how how kind of like 
gimmicky you look if you try to like keep up with the times mm. like the older you get instead of just being yourself and realizing that at some point you're not going to be cool but you'll always be hip if you be yourself that's like, true for real like bro like i've been watching anime my whole life like i was reading like avengers like i was reading endgame like i was reading uh like the infinity war back in high school people were like what the fuck are you reading like <laughs> you're such a fucking nerd and i'm just like i don't i don't care because like i like this shit mm-hmm you know, and like, lo and behold, what, five years later, Endgame, one of the most gross-selling films ever of all time. Finally comes out. Yeah. Now everyone's reading comics again now. Yeah, like, like comics are cool now, yeah. and I'm just like, bro, like, I got shitting on. Being into anime is cool now. Like, like all the TikTok kids, it's cool. Yeah, like, being, like, uh, being into MF Doom, like, people like, yo, how can you listen to that guy? Like, oh, I'm like, bro, MF Doom is, like, one of the best artists, like. Jesus. Or who? Or, you don't, wait, you don't fuck with MF Doom? Look, you can't talk. Oh, you, you oh, can't talk too bad. much. But clearly, he don't fuck with him. Oh, uh, I'm gonna talk to you. Yeah, I'm gonna talk yeah. to you off air, man. He's like one of my favorite producers, though, man. MF Doom, man. Special Herbs, Volumes One Through Nine, man. Some of the best. That's real hip hop shit, right Bro, there. Bro, I've probably I've edited like countless sessions to Special Herbs and Spices. Like that's sick. Yeah, like between that. And like MF Grimm and Diggable Diggable Planets, like I listen to a lot of like Black Moon, like bro, I listen to a lot of old hip hop, boom bap, natty shit, like because mm. I mean I feel like I'm I relate more to what they was going through maybe in the nineties because of like our thought process. Like I feel like we kind of have like the same type of like thought process. Mm. I'm not sure, but like even Outcast, like I'm a big fan. You know, I've heard stories how. Just about how long they take to put out music. Yeah. Like how much of a of a nit how like how nitpicky Andre Three Thousand is about even putting out a song. Like just how much I appreciate the fuck out his of it. Detail though. and just how much he really cares about every little yeah, thing. I appreciate the fuck out of it, man. You know. Even as like I grow older, like equipment I is starting to grow it's starting to be come more of a um it's starting to become more of a I guess one of my favorite albums, like I'm starting to favor that over AT Aliens because oh, wow. I'm starting to relate a lot more to Equimini mm. for like, you know, like AT Aliens, bro. Like I used to like, bump, I probably bumped a lot of AT Aliens. I probably bumped that a lot when I was younger. I was like, they just get brighter in here or something? What's going I on? I feel like it did get brighter. Oh. Are you out? Oh, I thought you were handing me something. I was like, what is he passing? <laughs> All right, man. All right, Mir. Take it easy, bro. My man. Yeah, the co- Corona daps, dude. <laughs> yeah, Corona daps. Damn. Hi, man. Be safe. Peace. Damn. Is this his spot? Yeah, this is his gallery. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Amir's just nice enough to let me record her every Wednesday. Damn. Okay, yeah. That's how you know we overstayed. <laughs> he's leaving. He's just like, fuck. <laughs> no, I'm going to no, leave no, the key no. with you. <laughs> no, no. He purposely came early so he, so he wouldn't have to be my guest later. I know what he did. Hey, grab the bottle of red he wine. I don't now. know. He thinks I don't know. Because <laughs> I had him on like a year ago. And then after that, I kind of shared with him. I was like, dude, I was like, I'm getting rid of my studio. I was like, I don't have anywhere to record. And it's you can't do this out of your house and i don't want yeah. i don't want this to be online like yeah. i don't like i think it's cool but i don't like that 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 interview style uh-huh. of it online because you don't feel someone's energy and you don't feel like their vibes you know yeah so for me it's all about the face-to-face and so I, at a time where I, I literally was like i don't know what i'm gonna do the podcast mirror's like yeah you could do it here and i was like what that's it, dope as fuck so he just lets me come in here on wednesdays and and do this and i'm just like so grateful like and sometimes he just that's kind of how jared did with me with creative hands like yeah i was just like yeah man like 
I need a studio space to shoot out of. Like, how much would you charge me? He's like, bro, just become like a member of it. No. It's like, what? It's that easy? Like, that's how you know, though. That's how you know that you're doing what you're supposed to do because, like, the universe will always work in your favor. Dude, you know? that's so true. Man. Extremely grateful for Jerry Hendricks, yo. He came up with the Adrian uh, Adrian's interview. Yeah. Yeah, I had him on here, too. That was a fascinating, fascinating time, too. Yeah, man. Talking to him. Jared, man. Jared is such a... I think that's honestly where I've gotten a lot of my compassion from, yo. From Jared? I'm going to have to talk to Just him being around time. Jared, man. Jared... Jared is always trying to help somebody. Mm-hmm. And, like, that shit inspires the fuck out of me, man. Like, he's always trying to help somebody. Like, he barely knew me. He's, like, trying to help me. And I'm just like, bro. Like, I'm just used to doing everything myself. And I'm just used to, like, figuring everything out on my own. But he's just he's just always trying to help somebody. It's a nice dude. It's the second time he's come up. I'm going to have to either go meet him one day. You got to meet him, I, man. I, I just want to meet him and then have him on the podcast. Because this guy just seems like he's influencing a lot of a lot of interesting people. Man. Like, he's the OG in a way. Yeah, in a way. In a way. Yeah, man. He, I feel like he, I don't know. He is the way how a photographer should carry themselves i feel like mm. even a creative or even a human like is he old is he older yeah he's a little bit older okay, well, okay. yeah he's a little bit older i don't know what age he is but yeah, not, but he seems like he's a little bit older yeah man he's like a yogi oh like, yogi yeah, yeah like he's like really good on advice man and he he's just like i said he's just an amazing person bro mm. 